0: I looked at it as I have an ATM between my legs, and I just, I'm just i just using it. All I got to do is put my card in, and that's it. And put the PIN number, and boom, money just comes right out. You want to pay your bills? You want to pay rent? You want to get Starbucks? You better work, bitch. You want to get groceries? You want to feed your cats? You want to watch Netflix? You better work, bitch. And if he loves you, he's going to understand it. But if you playing with a nigga who already got options, Coochie game's not going to work. Mm-mm. What will work with a guy who has so many options? Nothing. <laughs>
1: Damn close, all right. I think my tripod moved. Hold on for a second. What let me do my intro as I fix my tripod. I remember last night I did slap my tripod before I went to bed, slapped it. All right, shout out to the coach game. What's going on, everybody? Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. This is the wake up show, But right of the free agent lifestyle podcast here on the free agent lifestyle channel. We are back in here with the blue chip mindset. Number Deuce, deuce 22 is in the building. Today, we get our money on our mind and our mind on our money, or I keep my money on my mind and my mind. What is it? My money on my mind. Anyway, yeah, Will Smith slapped the camera. All right, shout out to you guys, man. Hey, it is what it is. We got a rusty t-shirt on and we're ready to go. All right, us dusty, dirty, wannabe millionaires over here. Great stream today. We're going to get back into our focus. Of course, we'll make fun of a couple of straggle daggles along the way. They don't send the building. Hey, what do we got here? The world don't want you to have ish. The world don't have want you to have ish. Now you might think that we're gonna talk about the elites, and we will hammer home the points that some of the so-called elites. All right, shout out to you. Somebody said I got Kaylee juice on my beard. Mm. Not right now. I don't. My beard looking good. <laughs> uh, you might think we're talking about the elites. All right. But we're talking about the ham and eggers, the knuckle draggers out here. We're talking about the knuckle draggers. Where's my phone? Oh, that's going to be a problem. I'm going to need to grab my phone. I left it. I left it over by the machine. All right. I'm going to need the phone because I'm playing a video by Dave Ramsey. So we'll probably take a commercial break so I can uh, find my phone. But anyway, I got my bat phone here. So uh, today we're going to talk about how the normal ham and egger doesn't want you to have anything. And they will set up roadblocks for you to not be successful, and what you need to do to watch out for these people, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to also talk about managing your time effectively. I am one that really values time. I really look at my time, and I really look at what I'm doing with my time. Am I really wasting time? Can I be efficient? Can I be more efficient? Like, can I do something that is taking way too much time and take way less time doing it to be more efficient to get the same results? A.K.A. work smarter, not harder. I'm not a guy that just says work 20 hours just to work 20 hours. Okay, can I work 10 hours? And then normally what I'll do is say, hey, I took something that took 20 hours and I made it 10 hours. And now I can do something else with that additional time. But a lot of people are simple or simply NPC knuckle draggers. We got great names for these people. Knuckle draggers, mouth breathers, uh, NPC, non-playable characters. Uh, ham and eggers, all right, average nine to fivers, clock punchers. All right, We listen, and if you're one of these people, uh, listen, I have no problem with you being one of these people. If you're totally satisfied with being one of these people, it's all, listen, we need everybody in this world. We need everybody in this world. Um, you know, we need burger flippers. We need clock punchers. We need people to just show up the jobs that sit there. And then they say they're a worker. Yeah, pencil and paper pushers is another one that I have. Uh, you just sit around and you push pencils and papers around. But um a lot of people do these jobs. A lot, I would say 70, 80 percent of people in, in our world do jobs like this, and then they wonder why they get the results that they're getting. Okay, some people say, you know what, you don't need all the all the money, that money, you don't need those cars, you don't need a big fancy house, you don't need all the all of that. And the reason why they say that is coping. Now, the reality is you don't need all those things, okay? So there's a fine line in my philosophy here. And again, if you develop a philosophy in life and stick to it and live and die by it, you'll actually be more successful. So my philosophy in life is this. Sure, you don't need all of that stuff. However, if you're saying you don't need all that stuff so you can sit there and be a pencil and paper pusher and select and, and choose to get less out of life, then then i can't use that as a cope okay i'm not going for that i'm not going for that because a lot of people will use minima the the movement of minimalism minimalism yeah minimalism and the reason why they want to uh be under the guise of minimalism is because it requires them to do less in the world okay that's the only thing it's a cope So I love minimalism. I think we collect way too much stuff, but I'm a collector myself. So, you know, it's kind of works against me. I like to collect things. But being uh, being frugal is cool, but being um, cheap is not. Okay, being cheap is not just trying to be cheap does not actually get you anything. And I want to remind you guys, let's just let's just remind you of one thing. Let's remind you of one thing. And, And the reason why I'm telling you stuff is I want you to win. I want you to win. I want myself to win, but I want you to win too. So I'm trying to give you some pointers here. I know not everybody wants to not win. But I'm gonna give you a couple of um uh pointers here, okay, before we do the super chats. Uh number one, you're the sperm that won. All right. I just always want to remind you of this. You're the sperm that won. Like you we went on the biology lesson. Uh, a few weeks, every few weeks, I got to show you, you know, what it took for you to get there. Your dad was the real winner in that, in this situation. Then he turned into the ultimate loser. You're the sperm that won. All right. And so in essence, you became a, 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 a descendant of the human species in which you get to walk upright and have conscious thought. Okay. You're not a dog or any of those things. Most of us were born in America that are watching us. The land of the free and the home of the slave and all that stuff. But the land of opportunity as well. You can be broke one year, five years later, you can be rich. You know, I mean, this is how crazy it is in America. But people settle. People settle. Not only do people settle, they allow other people to settle for them. They never develop a philosophy philosophy for for themselves. And they will get themselves into the plantation mentality. Now, let me tell you, this has nothing to do with race. When I say plantation, black people don't own word plantation or slave. So when I say something like that it doesn't mean I'm talking about blacks. What I'm saying is you get into the mindset of saying, yeah, we'll all sit around as a generation of families. As long as we have family, and we will sit around and do nothing. We'll do absolutely nothing or we'll do the bare minimum, the bare required required minimum and we'll do nothing. Uh, I'll sit up under each other. And and what you'll do is this. This is the plantation mentality. This is how it works. This is how it works. So what happens is, say, for instance, you're in your teens and your mom is in her 30s or 40s. okay, Um, and then what will happen is you become a man. And uh, you in your 20s, and as she's aging, she's getting older, too. She's now 45, 50. And now you turn 30, and she's now 55, 60. All right, and you turn 40, she's now 65, 70. Now, what the plantation mentality tells you to do is to take care of her. Because everybody will say, you got to take care of your mom, Sean. Sean, you got to take care of your mom. Okay, so this is what they would do on a plantation. The the people in their prime earning years would not be earning, they'll be sitting around taking care of their elderly parents. Okay. And then what will happen is you will have a family of your own. And then those kids will be in their teens and you'll be in your 30s and 40s and you'll be taking care of your 60, 70 year old mama because she's going to slow down, guys. If you're a part, if you're a single, uh, your your mama's a single mother, she's going to slow down. She, her ass ain't going to grind out and have a job and all that. Sh-. All right. In her 60s and 70s, she's going to slow the hell down. So, you're taking care of her. You never got to live your life to the fullest. And now you have kids and now those kids are going to do the same damn cycle that you are. Then sooner or later, you're going to look up and there'll be four generations of people on your plantation on your somewhat what we call a plantation. And there'll be the grandmama, the mama, you, and then your kids. Mm. And this is a plantation mentality, bro this is what they would do on a plantation so much so that in, in the American peculiar institution, they wanted to rid themselves of it because they found themselves with four and five generations of slaves in which two or three of the generations couldn't produce a damn thing. They couldn't do nothing, but they had to feed them, take care of them. They had to, uh, you know, take care of them when they got ill. And they were like the hell with this. And these were often people that got plantations passed down two or three generations down the line. They were like, look, This is too damn expensive. It doesn't make sense. Why are we taking care of these old people, right? Essentially, so we need to get rid of them and we need to get rid of our responsibility to them. And ever since, it's been a disaster. All right. I'm going to tell you, we thought they thought they were solving a problem. It's been a damn disaster from here on out. But it isn't just the plantations that do this. A lot of cultures would do this too. A lot of cultures would do this too. But what you will find is the people who are taking care of the elders are often in their prime. They're in their prime earning years and they forego their prime earning years because they want to take care of their elders, right? But we we have ways to take care of elders now. Number one, we can keep them healthy. We can keep them working and productive. They can live healthier lifestyles. Instead of sitting around and everybody gaining weight and everybody being fat and unhealthy and have to see the doctor and got rheumatism going on and arthritis, all right, we can keep people healthy and productive longer. This is the benefit of society. So if you start off in your 30s being healthy, then by the time your mom gets 60 or 70, she's somewhat healthy and productive. Okay, so that 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 she doesn't require all of that attention and then so forth, as you're seeing a lot of people who don't adopt the plantation mentality, they literally have this going on. You see healthy 60, 70, 80 year old people able to function and live on their own. Well, plantation-minded people who used to uh, uh being in the houses of three or four generations of people, they're often unhealthy and non-productive. Diabetes too. And so this is what we we can plan for this, but the normal knuckle dragger ham and egger doesn't plan for this. This is why I'm here to teach you. You need to plan for this because what's going to happen is you're going to turn 35 and 40. You barely had time to kick off your life. And then one of your relatives is going to say, oh, well, I'm sick. I need somebody to take care of me. I need to move in. Hell no. Mm. Not I. You're not going to move in on me. You're not going to slow down your life and debilitate my life because you didn't take care of your life. So these are the ideas of the blue chip mindset that we're trying to get you in the, the mindset to change. These are major changes in your life. It's not that you don't care about your family. It is that your family failed to prepare, and now they're going to prepare to fail your life. And you don't deserve this. You don't deserve this. You'll find that your family will start moving around areas where you already live. Now, you didn't move clear away from their ass, but here they come. Oh, I'm thinking of moving to your city. Mm. You know why? You know why? Because they their, their, fall, their, their fail-safe plan is you. That's why, because you're doing it, and now you're in your prime earning years, and you're just cruising in life, and now their fail-safe plan by moving close to you is you. So they're going to move around your ass, hover around your ass. They're going to fail like they've been flopping and failing it all their lives, and guess what? Oh, man, I came out here. I thought I was going to do well, but now guess what? Mm -hmm. Can you take care of me? Can you just do a little bit? Can I crash on your couch? Can I do? Hell no, you can. not I don't owe you anything. You know what I mean? So this is what you guys got to look out for. These are the things that I got. you got to look out for that I'm trying to get you to change. Is it a little bit cruel? You don't like your family? Yeah, you're going to have to change your philosophy on that. I'm going to just let you know. You're going to have to leave people high and dry. (laughs) Because I work too hard to do ish like that. Now, I do believe in a little bit of charity or philanthropy, but not until I'm 60, 70 years old. Okay, I don't owe you. And I've been telling people that for a long time. I don't care if your skin looks like me. I don't owe you. I don't care if you are my family. I don't owe you. (laughs) I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're my family, like you're my direct descendants. I don't owe you. Always tell my kids the first 20 years of your life, I'm going to give you everything. The first 20 years of your life, I'm going to give you everything. Now, after those 20 years. If yo if you f up, sick, I can miss, I can fix mess ups, but I can't fix f ups. If you drop the ball, if you fumble the bag, if you don't make them wide open layups, that's your ass. Mm. I'm literally gonna protect you, coddle you, spoil you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on a path where all you gotta do is lay the ball up, two steps, gather step, two step, lay the ball up with your right. If you drop that ball, I'm not working hard for you after that. Now, if I give you a little bit of you get a little bit of blowback from the work that I do fine, but I ain't going to do a damn thing to break my back for you because I broke my back and sacrificed the first 20 years and gave you everything. I always tell people this. So a lot of people will say a lot of people will say, oh, you just don't like your own kind. Yo, I'm telling you, it ain't going to have nothing to do with your skin color. I don't give a damn about you, to be honest with you. I don't care. And don't think that you, because you got matching skin color, I'm going to all of a sudden give a damn about you. I might give you a head nod. What up, brother? But that about it. I owe you nothing. (laughs) That's why I said disclaimer. So, But this is a hard philosophy for people to subscribe to because it's hardcore. It's hardcore and it puts responsibility on the person. This is your one life. Do not come here and screw it up. Do not get fat. Do not become a single mother to my daughter, uh, to my son. Don't knock anyone up. Don't stab anybody. Don't go to jail. Don't steal nothing. I'm going to give you every reason to not do any of those things. I'm going to give you every reason to do anything. And I'm not going to give you excuses for when you do something stupid like that. Now, you're going to mess up in life. But if you F up, that's your problem. Stay in shape. My kids have gym memberships. They go to the gym more than I do. All right? I got them a gym membership. They got bites. They got anything. They don't have any excuse to not be able to do what they need to do. See, what we do is we let kids get built-in excuses. And we didn't have this, and I was a single mama, and I was a single daddy, and we got divorced, and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Nope. No, no, no. This is the blue chip mindset over here. We don't have time for excuses. You want to sit around waiting for excuses? Look look in the mirror first. Look in the mirror. You actually fumbled life. Okay, guys, this is your one. See, this is what you have to understand with this philosophy. This life is not going to be the practice life for the life when you come back. Okay, we're preaching now. You guys act like, oh, this is our practice life. Uh, I'll learn everything now. I'll I'll F up everything. And then when I come back, I'll be ready to go. <laughs> um, I got a message for you. You ain't coming back. You're gonna take a long ass dirt nap. All right, at the end of this. And all the knowledge you have in your head, all the ideas, all the wishes, hopes, and dreams are dead with you. Okay, so this is it. If you're out of shape at 25. And you ain't no coming back. Okay, you better get your ass in shape because at 35, you're going to be double out of shape. And at 45, you're going to be triple out of shape. And then you're going to be sitting around. You're going to be sitting around at waiting for what? Well, what are you waiting for? This is a long, drawn-out life that you out here fumbled. You fumbled up great opportunity. Sitting around making excuses. This is what it is. I'm going to just let y'all know, man. This is the real game. The game started. There's no, pra- this is no practice rounds. This is it. This is your one opportunity. And people don't understand that. I swear to God, people don't understand that. Shout out to Euro on the Cash App. He says, uh, the best series speaking, speaking on real-ish, no sugar coating. Yeah, if you want me to pat your back and rub your back, oh, my goodness. And, oh, damn, you were born a young black male. You know, statistically, the worst, the worst experience in America. Amen. Man, cuff your balls. Cuff your balls. Everybody was born with a major disadvantage. Now, if you were born with a major, major disadvantage, the hell with it. What are you going to do? Clock is ticking. It's go time. And no, this ain't time to uh, commit crimes or flip money or hit a lick or any of those fast money tricks that you have out here. Because all that's going to land your asses in prison. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be land you in prison, and now you're in prison behind bars for sixty years. Now that's no way to live life. That's no way to live life. So anyway, man, I just wanted to kick it off with that a little bit of message, just to I look at and I, you know, I'm not here to motivate you. I'm here to inspire you to let you know, wake up. People really need to wake up. I mean, because people are I, I the things that I hear from people, I'm like, wow, you really are not trying. <laughs> You really are not trying. This is it, guys. Man, I don't want to. I don't know if you know. This is why I do what I do. Let me do the super chats. Um, where are we at here? It's Dave Baby became a member. Yeah, uh, I believe that's the first one. Yeah, and uh, he became a double member. Uh, shout out to you. I don't know what happened. Oh, you upgraded. That's what happened. I see. All right, what do we got here? Elijah Bryant got to drop my chat and run. You
0: gotta get my bag and run. <laughs>
1: Shout out to you. He said shout out to the coach gang. Raul said shout out to Sizzle and the rest of my coach gang brothers and Habibis in here standing up for men. Yes, sir. Shout out to the, the Habibi brothers as well. And shout out to Sizzle and everybody else. Shout out to Raul Moose Hepner, Coach, I spent three hours and 31 minutes on my morning listening to the Free Agent Lifestyle audiobook. Free agent status verified. You guys are free agents now, man. Free yourself of the world of um, the ham and egger. All right, a lot of people will program you uh, to a point where you paint yourself in a corner. All right, these people have painted themselves in the corner and you follow them. Okay, have you followed somebody and they gave you advice, advice, and you saw their ass eventually paint themselves into a corner? You're like, damn, I was following your path. No, you be a trailblazer. All right, blaze your own trail. Sure, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult when you live your own philosophy. But understand, and I'm going to play a video just to prove it, uh, a lot of points that I'd say here, a lot of people have no plan. They need to be told on a daily basis what to do. They need to be told on a daily basis what to do. When they go, get in there. When they wake up, they need to be told what to do. When they get in, they, to their job, they need to be told what to do. All right, Sally, today I need you to do and then they do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, which won't happen. Okay. And then they go down on the freeway, go home, or they unplug from their little computer job. All right. Their little telecom job or whatever you call it. All right. Work from home. And then they unplug. And then here we go. Program dinner time, program, uh, Netflix hour. I'm going to reward myself for doing absolutely nothing, the bare minimum. (laughs) Come on, man. It's you got to change this narrative, and it's going to take a lot of breaking. You got to break yourself down. You got to tell people no. A lot of times, you know, PUA's are NPCs, in my opinion. I see they're slowing me down. Uh, but what tends to happen is, I saw somebody say something. He says, as long as those bills are paid, um, I, I want to let you guys know that they're not paying the bills. I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. The people that are barely paying their bills, they're not even paying those. Now, that's going to be, this is going to be a hardcore uh, secret. and It's going to require me to take a commercial break because we're going to kick it off and I'm going to prove that. People who are just getting by and happy and fat and happy and watching Netflix, you know what they're doing? They're doing doing—they're masking the pain of the reality of life. They won't tell you this. You might find out on the back end. You might find out when they slip and say, oh, we had to file for bankruptcy. Oops. Or we're underwater in our car loan. We're. Underwater in our home loan. Oops. We had to apply for social service. These people are barely making it. And they're up to debt in their eyeballs. (laughs) To their eyeballs, should I I say. I'm going to show you. I'm going to play a video to prove it. And I'm going to prove my home ownership philosophy as well. Because I have a real estate license and I do have a homeowner. I've seen people make mistake after mistake after mistake going to purchase a home because you become a big old fat juicy target when you purchase a home. I mean, have you ever purchased a home and then heard your phone blow the hell up? All kinds of people trying to sell you stuff. All right, homeowners insurance, all right, extended warranties on this, solar panels. I mean, you name it. The whole damn Home Depot is organized around Ham and homeowners, all right? Oh, you can approve this, and you can improve that. Upgrade this, upgrade that. You need to sell now. The market's up. The market's down. Real estate agents, mortgage brokers, ter- calling your ass up nonstop. You know why? Because you're a target. Property taxes. You, you're, you're getting hammered. And then a lot of people, because they're just making it, and they're just paying the bills, they become debt owners at that point because they're desperate. I'm going to show you this, guys. I've been trying to tell you this all the time. All right. And the people, oh, well, home, home ownership is a good asset. All right. I blow that up. I blow that off the water. All right. Because I know most people that own homes are either imprisoned and trapped by that home. They can't leave. You can't leave. Where are you going? <laughs> okay. Even if the market's good, where are you going? All right. Or if you, even if you sell the house, where are you going? You're going to have to buy another one. Now now you're in the trap again. You're in the mouse trap. You get tricked. Where are we at? Uh Adria Paul says, shout out to Coach Greg and the coach gang. I mean, he says, keep doing what you're doing. And Auto Man says, Hi coach, I just found out a good-looking woman at my job works as an escort on weekends in another city. Someone will likely marry her in a few years. So there you go. I guys, I'm waking you up to the the deep secrets of society. And that is one of them. Some of these people man be working at see again, that proves the spectrum. Open yourselves up to these ideas. You don't know this. In this this world, this girl works a 9 to 5 job and on the weekend she flies into another city, gets her cheeks clapped for dollars and comes back. Man, I'm telling you, the world the world is crazy right now, all right? With people doing these things, but they won't you know, you won't see them. So we segment in life. Oh, these are the pimps, and these are the uh Johns and these are the tricks and these are the PUAs, these are the guys who have games, these are Chads and Tyrone's, these are the incels and losers. It ain't nothing like that. Everybody's kind of in a spectrum, all right? The pimps are Johns, the pimps act as Johns, all right. So, you know, that the only way they know how to make it work is to be one, but we don't want to subscribe to that. Pimps are Johns and tricks themselves, and oftentimes they are. Hopeless romantics and lovers. They just not cold-hearted pimps all the time. And so same with women. Women, sometimes they sell a little piece of leave to get by. Either in the form of dating, serial dating, foodie calls, um, all-out seeking arrangement, sugar daddies, uh, uh, you know, uh, you name it. Dating, relationships, marriage. Everybody operates in a spectrum. Girls that work regular jobs or go to universities got OnlyFans. It's a spectrum. So I'm going to prove that. Look, I got to go grab my phone because I got to get the audio for this Dave Ramsey video. I apologize. I wouldn't be prepared, but I left my phone by the coffee machine. So let's go ahead and run a long version commercial here. All right, we got it back. All right. Uh, somebody asked, "What if your house is paid off?" Well, you know, those are the rare few exceptions of people who do pay their houses off. So, uh, you know, some people tell you not to pay off your house because you're not using the bank's money and blah blah blah. Uh, anytime you're in bed with banks, all right, just realize you're taking a tremendous risk, aka student loans, aka credit card debt, aka home mo- or mortgages, mortgage. All right, mortal, You know, mortality is related to the death contract. Anytime you're in bed with the banks, you're talking about interest. But sometimes people do pay off their homes and um they think they're home scot-free. You're not home scot-free, but you're in a great uh situation where you're not paying the majority of your monthly income to mortgages, right? You're in a great shape because then you can live somewhat free, but you still are susceptible to debt, and you are still susceptible uh to uh losing your home through property taxes. Should you fail to pay property taxes. On uh, your two times a year that you need to pay, your ass is grass. You lose your home. The home you paid off, you lose it. Not only that, you're susceptible to eminent domain. So if they want to build an interstate, they want to uh, put a farm or a corporate building, they want to uh, redistrict or uh, they want to uh, make it an industrial area and you live there and you paid it off and you say, I'm going to ride it out for 30 years. And then they put a homeless encampment across the street because they can. Now what? So it's all, it's, it's, it's really all, as long as you understand what risk you want to take, then it's about mitigating risk or being comfortable with the risk you take. But there's no such thing as no risk. There's no such thing as the perfect scenario. There is what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to do. You, yeah. Rezone. I always say redistrict. They rezone. Understand what rezoning is. You're now residential. They rezoned across the street for industrial or commercial. How's that going to affect your property? Uh, do you want to sell that property after you paid off said property? Or are you going to live there for 40 years? You still have maintenance costs. You still have the house you still got to maintain the house, even though you paid it off, but you don't have the monthly expenses of monthly rent. That's significant. You're going to be able to save that money, hopefully. But what many people do is say, well, I don't have that expense anymore, so I don't need to work as hard anymore. So that's the trap. So a guy will say, hey, um, I used to need $4,500 a month to cover my mortgage expenses and et cetera. But I paid off my mortgage. Now I only need uh, $1,500 a month to survive. And what are you going to do? You're going to do less. You're just, you're literally going to say, well, I don't want to have to work that hard no more. So instead of making $9,000 a month, you simply sit back and say, I'll make $3,000 and chill. Mm. Now, I don't know, man, That that right there is going to set your ass up. OK, they raise the property taxes on you. Uh, there's a recession, a depression. You have to sell. Yeah, the homeowners association fee you miss. I mean, you're. You're setting yourself up in a lot of ham and eggers and knuckle draggers do this, and I'm just warning you, you're always going to need more resources. You're always going to no matter what you make now. You're going to need more. I'm just letting you know. Now, this might not be the message for you because this is going to require you to work. <laughs> it's going to require you to always be like, OK, waiting for the other shoe to drop, because a lot of people never expect the other shoe to drop. But listen, I've lived through Black Monday, meaning October 19, 1987. I've lived through the 2008 housing crash, and I saw that crashing as of 2005 and maybe slightly earlier than that in 2004. I've also lived through 2020. And I also lived through the um, the high interest periods in the 80s, but I was a kid, so it doesn't count. I've seen the uh I've seen these things tank a couple of times. And I've seen people that have had, had millions of dollars be broke. And I've seen people that said I had a good job in Iran, all of a sudden turn out, well, it looks like I had nothing. So these are the things I want to prepare you for in a lot of the world, your people your friends, your families, they don't want you to have anything. They will literally pull you back from being aggressive and getting what you want. They're saying, why you work so hard? And you don't need all those things. You don't need that fancy car. You don't need this. You don't need that. Why don't you just do less? Why don't you spend more time with us? Why don't you do this? And then those people will inevitably have their paw out when they collapse. We don't want you to be those guys. This is your one life. You owe your family nothing. Uh, Really, you'd owe them nothing. It's nice that you give them stuff, but you owe them nothing. You owe your culture nothing. All right, it's nice that you can keep a culture if there is one to be said, but you owe them nothing. You owe humanity nothing but to actually be, pr- produce better human beings. That is about it. Produce better human beings. But we're failing at that one miserably. I'll <laughs> just let you know, we're failing at that one. We're actually shooting ourselves in the foot. We're producing worse human beings. And we're doing what? Handcuffing these human beings. And then we have more poverty. And what do we do? Produce more people. Because you're selfish. This is a tough message for people. This is going to be those ones. People are absolutely selfish. Just because you can procreate doesn't mean you should. But you're going to do it anyway because you're a legacy and everything. But you have no legacy to pass on. Let me get into this one. I didn't intend to go on that one. Let me show you uh, a good example of uh NPC Ham knuckle dragger mindset. All right, so what we're going to do here as we're using Dave Ramsey's audio, remember, we cannot use the pictures and we cannot use the direct line, so I can't pump this directly into the stream. So I'm going to show you here uh still photos while you hear the audio. everybody got it. Everybody got it. so don't ask me why you only why the video's not moving. I know new people are going to come in. Coach, the video's not moving. You're frozen. But you're just going to hear the audio. All right, so here we go.
0: <laughs> um, I
1: Jessica is in Dallas. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Shout out to Jessica in Dallas. And I often find it very good watch, watching the Dave Ramsey channel. I don't believe in his philosophy per se, but he has a philosophy and he sticks to it. So I love that. But... He does allow call-ins, and a lot of the call-ins prove exactly what I say to you guys, especially when you follow. I'm going to just say this. This might sound misogynist, but when you follow women's path in this world, it is the absolute, more than likely, it is the absolute wrong path for you as a man. I'm going to say that again, and it might sound a little bit, if if you follow most women's paths in this world today, it is more than likely the wrong path for you as a man. You're going to get yourself painted into a corner. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to mop your ass right into the corner near the refrigerator in the wall. That's what your ass is going to do. I'm going to just let you know that right now because they don't have a plan after that. They They often perform with the safety net. They And their safety net is their mother, their father, the family, society, uh, any poo-hoo excuses. They can make any excuse, social services, etc., cetera, et cetera. Now, you as a man have none of those fallback plans. You have zero, and this is the reason why. Not that they don't make good plans, is that they plan and they always have a fail-safe with their plan. I'll do this, and if it doesn't work, this is what they don't tell you. They'll say this, I'll do this and what they leave out is, and if it doesn't work, I'll just fall back to that. They can get married as a fallback plan. They can find a boyfriend as a fallback plan. They can sell some peace leave as a fallback plan. You got, you got zero fallback plan. You got none. If you fall, if you fail, you're homeless and your ass is on the streets.
0: In the streets.
1: So I'm just letting you know, and I put this in my philosophy, I don't follow women because they have fail-safes. They have too many societal fail-safes that I'm not privy to. They can just get on the news, man, I'm homeless and my kids are living in the street and I'm in the car, and then and then they'll set up a GoFundMe and get $100,000. Men can't do that. So I'm just letting you know, I don't follow their path in life because it's oftentimes they have a fail-safe that I don't. Anyway. Let's go back into what we're doing here. Let's listen.
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: Better than I deserve. What's up?
0: (laughs) Um, I have something that we just cannot figure our way out of it, and it's probably easier for you to explain it to us. We have bought a house about three years ago, decided on um, installing solar panels.
1: Here we go. Installing solar panels.
0: Adding to the debt. And we do not make, but maybe $3,100 a month after child support.
1: Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Now, one of them is paying child support or receiving child support. But there again is the fail safe. A lot of times they will use child support in their budget, which is not how you're supposed to budget life. You don't budget your life expenses with or without child support. Child support is for the for the kids' expenses in which you're supposed to say. You're not supposed to put that in your operating budget, nor are you supposed to have it deducted from your operating budget and say, well, this is what we have left. If you have a gap in between what you have uh, taken from you versus, uh, in the form of child support, that means you need more money. You need to make some more money. But what people do is a woman will do this. She'll say, well, my baby daddy owes me uh, 600 a month. So therefore, um, this is how hard I had to work this month. So I only have to make $2,100 a month, and I'll get the 600 but I need 3000 a month, blah, blah, blah. What? I tell you, go draggers are crazy, bro. And I, it sounds like they're paying child support. So in that essence, somebody's asked me to go get a job, a job. Do you not know which way is
0: up? We do not know how to make ends meet. Um, I tried to start a stay-at-home business while I stay at home with my son. and mm.
1: You're going to find out how many, when I call you the million-dollar trap, meaning everybody go to college, everybody get their degree, everybody go get married, everybody go have kids. By the time you're 30, you're in a million dollars of debt. Everybody go buy a house. Everybody go buy a car. You're in a million dollars of debt. Guys, I've tried this deck, that plan, and I got the hell out of there. I was like, oh, hell no. This is poverty.
0: We are just upside down on a lot of things. Of um,
1: no surprise there. What know, do you owe on the solar panels?
0: They were just installed last year, so that's about $30,000. Is-
1: so what? what they did was they were already broke they had a job. She had a home-based building, uh, a home-based business, which probably weren't making much money. Okay. Let's, she might've made $200 a month. And like I told you as a homeowner, you're going to get mad. You're a target. You're going to get mad phone calls and they're going to be selling you this, selling you that, selling you this, selling you that. Somebody sold them on the idea that over 30 years or 20 years, They can save X amount of dollars on their electric bill. However, they got to front a lot of that money by installing solar panels in which many times people don't realize they're leasing the solar panels because they don't read the fine print. And then when they go to sell the house, they'll find out they were actually leasing them and they never bought them. Okay, but they got the solar panels and they're in debt $30,000. Let's continue. You on your house. We owe about 197.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, what's your house
1: worth?
0: Uh, per
1: open door, it's worth about 300. Okay, per open door. So she said, uh, they're in debt 197 to the house, they're in debt 30 grand to the solar panel. And according to open door or open house, I don't know what she said, Zillow, we'll call it Zillow. Uh, the home is worth $300,000, maybe in a good market. Maybe she can get more than that in the good market, but they ain't going nowhere. All right, they because once they sell that home, they could get rid of the debt, however. They ain't ain't got enough to barely pay rent when they go get an apartment. This is the house trap that I always tell you about. What other debt have you got?
0: We have about 15 grand in credit card debt because we try to make make remodeling things happen when we bought the house.
1: There you go. There's another trap. See, there's another trap. There's another one. See, I always tell you. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I always tell you. What do Ham and Eggers do? Remember, all you have to do is, all you have to do is, and they follow the all you have to do is plan, in which their dumbass remodeled their bathroom, but they charge it on their credit. Nope. Mm. I tell you, this is Ham and, and, and Egger stuff right here. This is ridiculous, but a lot of people will do this because they will listen to people. All you have to do is this, and all you have to do is that. Housing is a great investment, and then their asses in the house trap. Okay, with nowhere to go. If they want to go somewhere right now, they can't do it. So <laughs> let's go ahead and continue.
0: That didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work. So, yeah. So, so of course, I just don't want to reserve. How much do you
2: owe cars? on your cars?
0: My stepdaughter. We don't owe anything on cars. We're renting to own from a friend of ours. but mm.
1: We don't owe anything on our cars, but we're renting to own from our who knuckle dragger friends taking advantage of your ass. <laughs> Woo! This this can't be real. But this is the this is the average American right here. This is their plan in life. This was their plan. Now she's dead weight. I'm gonna tell you right now, she dead weight. All right, and you're gonna find out her who her husband is in a minute. But she dead ass weight because she's bringing very little to the table. She's trying to do a stay at home mom, but they ain't got the money to do so. They ain't got the money and he's not enough man to provide that. And he wasn't in a position to get in the position he's in, but we're going to show you who he is in a minute. And we're going to put some L's in that man's hat in a minute because he's allegedly paying child support. So you know what that means. You actually try to connect that before you hear it. Her husband's paying child support. What does that mean? Let's listen.
2: We
0: may likely just have to give them back the car.
1: Mm -hmm. So you
2: have two cars.
0: We actually have three cars. One was gift Mm. the two of us, so there's no reason to have the
1: third. (sighs) I own three cars. Debt free. They own three cars. Two they're renting to own. One was a gift. Oh boy. Let's continue. Uh So that's why we might just give it back. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so you have one that's paid for, one that's, and, or you have two that's paid for and one that's rent to home. Correct. Yeah. Give it back today. <laughs> yeah,
1: You're right. You're today.
2: right. No, I'm not kidding.
1: <laughs> Suburban housewife in pain. And this is why they probably haven't slept together. This is why marriages go kaput, by the way. This is why marriages go kaput. This mindset right here. Because this suburban housewife is faking it. They're faking normal. And they're uh, operating like they're making it because they got three cars in their carport. Um, and they got the house and all that stuff. But they're crumbling.
2: Not a joke. No, you're right.
1: Okay.
0: No, yeah. We we just discussed that this yeah. morning before okay. I can give you a call. Okay. Um, aside from that, uh, like I said, I, I'm getting so everything $3, I can
2: $3,000 take-home pay.
0: How many Mm -hmm. kids?
1: Bruh, three grand? Lord, I can't live off $3,000. I don't care what state I was in. I could not live off $3,000. There's no way in my budget that I can afford to live off three grand. I'm going to, I don't care what state I'm in. Three grand? Shit. There's no way I can live off that. (laughs) There's no damn way. What? Well, how I mean, food is eight hundred and fifty bucks a month. Then rent gas. There's no way. Yeah,
0: we have one child at home and then my stepdaughter.
1: And oh, there you go. You heard that, right? We got one child at home and a stepdaughter. So who's so are you receiving child support?
2: your stepdaughter what your yeah. stepdaughter is not at home you mean she you have partial custody with her
1: Partial, yeah okay mm-hmm. see, she didn't say that she All didn't right. say that she said the stepdaughter lives with her see now it makes sense so they have partial custody of the daughter which means he had a he had a previous relationship prior to this one this tells you where the husband's head is his ass got back on the marriage wheel and guess what mm-hmm. his ass got back on the marriage wheel And not only does he have only partial custody, his ass is what? He got remarried and he had another son with another woman. And he makes $3,000 a month. Guys. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) This is why I warn you men. Do not do this. You're too broke to be married. You're too broke to be having kids. You're going to collapse. This is going to be a... A uh, personal economic collapse of epic proportions. Somebody said 3K single in Virginia is like a living like a king. I, I tell you what, I, I want a little bit more out of life. I'm going to want to buy a $1,000 ticket to the Philippines. Okay, 3K ain't going to be able to give me that $1,000 ticket in, in the Philippines. I don't care where I live. I lived in New Mexico and I could not live off of 3K. That, that's just going to let me go home, go to work, go home, go to work. I, I want a little bit more out of life. See, this is the thing. I want I want to live life. I'm not just going to be living here. This is what people don't understand. This is the blue chip mindset. You guys just want to survive life. I want to live life. Let me, let me take this screen down for a second. See, I hear a lot of people say, you can live like a king here. No, you can't. Not in America. I want to live life. I'm not just trying to survive. <laughs> you guys are just surviving. I can do a budget anywhere and tell you three k a month ain't gonna cut it anywhere in the United States. Anywhere I'm not on the lifestyle that I live. I'm trying to live in this life. I'm not just trying to survive. I'm not just trying to make it to the next day. I'm planning a. I'm planning a year and a hair a year in advance. I want to go to a nice restaurant. I want to be able to, I'm not just going to coupon clip my way through this life. I've done it. I'm not doing it again. (laughs) I'm just letting you know. So yeah, you can live off $3,000 anywhere, but you're going to run into a point where you can't live. You're just surviving. Blue chip mindset ain't about just surviving. I'm just telling you that right now you're not you're going to be in coach in the back with your damn I just want to get away ticket in the back of the airplane barely getting there sucking on fumes from the damn exhaust then your ass is going to get there at the motel six all right then you're at the motel six bro you missing out on life I'm telling you you're going to miss out in life how are you going to retire <laughs> have a 3k how you gonna? What's gonna happen when you slow down in life? So you got 3k now. Uh, 3k last year is about two, uh, two thousand two hundred this year. 3k. If you earned 3k last year, that's worth two thousand two hundred dollars this year. I'm just letting you know. I mean, that's that's just my mindset. I, I just don't want to survive. I'm trying to live. I want to live. I want to live. I don't know. <laughs> just. I don't know. It's 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 just the mindset that you got to change. That's that you got to change. I, I'm not just trying to live there anyway. Yeah. How are you going to go to Disneyland? How are you going to go to the movies? You're always going to be. Top, you're going to be eating top ramen every night. Then you're going to find yourself with um, high cholesterol. Diabetes. Drinking Kool-Aid. Eating top ramen all day, mm. I know people's health insurance bills that are more more than three thousand dollars. I mean I'm sure they pay probably eight hundred and fifty dollars a month in health insurance I, I just can't see how three thousand dollars a month is cutting it not not live like a king who who's health insurance uh plan has got got to be worth more than five hundred and fifty six hundred dollars a month if i subtract that from three thousand dollars i got twenty four hundred dollars left i got twenty four hundred dollars left all right now i gotta go to the movies cars get some peace leave rent sheesh All right, that's just my philosophy. And I'm not shaming you if you make less than that. What I'm saying is you're going to need some more money. You're going to need some more on top of that three. If you ever feel comfortable making 3K, you're going to be up shit's creek in three years. In three years, no time less, you're going to be up shit's creek because that 3K will probably be turned to 3,200, but it's going to be worth in real money, 1,800. That's how it money, that's how far your money's gonna extend. Everybody keeps falling for this. For real. They keep falling for this type of thing here. I need to get to the super chats, but I'm just trying to get get this, get people to understand. You're gonna you're gonna fall, you're gonna fall for that. And it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna be like this person. All right, so let's um continue here.
2: And how old's your baby that's at home?
1: He's three.
2: Okay. All right. And your husband works outside the home, and you've been trying to do stuff from home? Yes, sir. Okay. How old are you guys, 30?
0: Yeah, that sounds nice.
1: <laughs> About 36. Okay. Yeah, 36 and 3K. That ain't going to cut it. I, that ain't going to get it. Uh, She's 36, barely got no job. He barely has a job. He's just over broke. They're 36. Uh, Yeah, y'all going to be up Shits Creek pretty quickly.
2: All right. Well, I knew you was right in there somewhere, based on the mission there, So
1: Okay, know, so right.
2: let's back up a second and let's look at the whole thing. Okay, All right. There's like four things that jump out at me on these conversations so far. Okay, okay. one is,
1: yeah, somebody said thirty-six and sing, uh thirty k and single is just fine. Okay, I mean, listen, that, that's fine for you. I mean, I know. I mean, the minimum rent in America is twelve. Hundred bucks. I don't care where you live. If it's under eight hundred, you still got. (laughs) If it's under eight hundred, I don't know where you're living, but for real,
2: you guys have to lock arms and write down a pledge in blood that says, "I'm gonna quit buying crap I can't afford." Mm -hmm. Solar panels, Mm -hmm. renovations. Mm-hmm. anything, ever, unless I can pay cash for it, I'm never buying it again. Agreed?
0: Agreed. I because love you that. have
2: impulsed yourself into a corner.
0: Mm-hmm. You're right.
2: Unwise purchases have put you in a corner. Right. Okay. Now, that's thing one that mm-hmm. jumps out at me. Uh, mm-hmm. think thing two is then the two of you are going to sit down and also start a budget and we're going to help you. I'm going to put you into Ramsey plus into financial peace university and every yes. dollar. If you promise me that you and your husband will do everything I teach you to do, you can turn this around.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay.
2: I'm desperate. The <laughs> other, th- the other thing we're going to do is I'm going to send you a copy of Ken Coleman's book from paycheck okay. to purpose so that both of you can begin to work on your careers because okay. neither one of you are maximizing your incomes.
1: Okay, so I wasn't the only one that just said that. So I was just talking about this. And he said, both of you are not maximizing your income. Now, when I said live off of 3K a month, everybody's in here. Oh, you live in California, blah, blah, blah. It don't matter where you live. I've lived in New Mexico. I lived in Louisiana. I couldn't do it off of 3K. I mean, I remember when I lived in Louisiana, my rent was probably, I want to say five $600. But I made more than that. All right. And it was not tight, but it wasn't. And I was in my I was single, no kids living by myself. All right. So take home pay after taxes. I probably had an extra a little bit of money hanging around, but I lived in a one bedroom apartment. I wasn't living great. I was living good. I was fortunate, but it wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. It wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. Um, He just said it. You're not maximizing your income. People don't realize the other shoe's going to always drop. Inflation is real. You're going to run into a problem over a long haul. In 10 years, 3K a month is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. I'm just letting you know. I'm warning you. Put it like this. I'm not judging you. I'm warning you. I'm not judging you. I'm warning you. It is not going to be enough. And if you have a, a job that you're comfortable with, your, rate, your income is not going to rise as fast as inflation is kicking your ass. I'm just letting you know right now. I'm not, and I'm not trying to judge you. I'm warning you. You better go get some more money. You better find another way. Do not get comfortable here in America off 3K. You're going to get eaten up alive. And he just said the same thing. Let me just go ahead and show you that.
2: Correct. Send you a copy of Ken Coleman's book. From paycheck okay. to purpose so that both of you can begin to work on your careers. Because right. neither one of you are maximizing your incomes. Correct. You can both mm-hmm. make more money. You okay. need to. And that you would help. To.
1: That would uh, that would be amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean, you should double your income, really, in the next
1: year. Oh, wait. Here it is again. He's saying it. And not not just because they're in debt. He knows what's happening, guys. I'm just telling you. I've lived through two or three of these recessions. I've seen people lose their ass that had a lot of money and they lost their ass. You'll lose your ass quickly.
2: Yeah. Between incomes. Correct. You can both make more money. Okay. And that would help.
0: That would, uh, that would be amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean, you should double your income really in the next year. Yeah. Between you being more effective at what you're doing from home and between him rethinking his whole career strategy.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm.
2: lastly, you can have a whole lot of peace. Just breathe it in. That if none of that works, just sell the house.
1: Yes. But they don't want to sell the house. They want to keep up appearances and whatnot. Let me get to these super chats. They're too busy keeping up appearances, and they want to appear successful, but they're in massive debt. Yeah, she's too busy spending money, and she's bringing in nothing. So this is why you don't want to get married uh, and try to be traditional. If you can't support a traditional, a traditional household, he clearly can't do it. Not only did he not can he not do it. He's got married twice and have two kids by two different women. He's gonna paint himself into a corner that's gonna eat his ass alive, and he's gonna have a miserable wife and a miserable ex wife who can't get paid. I'm not happy. All right, they're gonna somebody gonna be selling peace leave in a minute. All right, so let me see here. Super Chats. I wonder if I can. I used to be able to look up. Let me see. No, it's not there. That's not there. Let's see here. Auto Man, I got you out right there. A a man supporting man salute the CGA and the free agents in the chat. Raul says living minimally while having a worth ethic is almost like clockwork because things and items intrinsically become less important and you have less time to play with those things, right? You have less time to play with the things you collect because you're too busy working and whatnot. Young entrepreneur coach is what people think of Cali is true. Wait, coach is what people think of Cali true, that everyone there that owns a house is rich. Most homes are valued at 1 million plus compared to other states. If you have a million plus net worth, you are very rich, It depends. It depends on how they have the house because some people buy the house when the house is work, you know, they buy it at $1 million. And so they've uh, taken out a loan somewhere near 1.5, 1.75 million to finance that home. Some people own a million dollar home, but they bought it in the early 90s or the the early 2000s in which it was worth $300,000. Now, here's the problem, though. Here's the problem, though, and I know a lot of people like this. Those people bought those houses that are worth a million dollars, but what they did was they bought it early when they first developed it, and um, they have a low income. Their income's not that great. They might have an income of $8,000, which then, if you just do the math, their, their home mortgage is probably 3000 $3,500, but their house is worth a million but they've already refinanced it. They've already done a whole bunch of things. They've already done uh, some home repairs, or they never remodeled the house enough to actually, when they put it on the market, they can get full value for it. All right. And so they're behind in the remodeling. They're behind in the appliances. Their appliances are starting to break down. I've known this is very common. So when they try to list it, they want to list it at, you know, um, you know, and their home loan and they refinanced it a couple times in, in 20 years. And then when they try to sell it, they're trying to sell it at 1.2. They need to get 1.3 out of it. But, you know, since they didn't upgrade it, since they didn't upkeep it and all the appliances are failing and so forth and so on, they're in trouble. So they're still tight. They're still tight. And they took money out of their equity, which they had significant equity uh, because they were barely making enough income to even purchase it at a low, low price. They refinanced it a couple times and took the equity out, but they squandered it or whatever. They got into a divorce. Um, there's a lot that goes on that it's just not flat out. They have a million dollars of equity or they have $750,000 of equity and they could just cash out. They're actually still stuck there. And the property taxes are super duper high in California. So, guys, I'm going to tell you. I've seen people make a lot of money and they get stuck in the pickle. <laughs> so I. When people tell me I'll just live off this, I'm like, whoa. You know, I, I'm like, wow, I've seen people make millions and, and get, go bust. So you guys got to watch the traps here. All right. Uh, Weelan says slap us away, coach buzzer to entitlement. Mm. Yeah, man, people plan. People do dumb things, man. I'm telling you, uh, they do really dumb things with, with finances. Finances is a weak point in our life. Caelan Ferguson, Luke 16 and 18, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committed adultery, and whosoever marries her, will uh, which is put away, doeth commit adultery. Sorry for my Bible speak there. But uh, yeah, I think what they're saying is, even if it's a divorce, it's still adultery. In the eyes of the good Lord. The camera corporation, this is an extremely important topic, coach. Thank you, sir. Combat trucker, LLC. Thank you for the support, guys. Appreciate these guys. All right. Angel Martinez. I'm doing renovations to accommodate my grandma and my house in Dominican Republic so she can leave New York. Now, I will admit that's planning around her. Uh slowed me down. That wait, I will admit that planning around her has slowed me down a bit. Again, this is another example. So Dominican Republic culture typically accommodates for this, I think your culture would look down on you pretty bad if you didn't take care of uh, your abuela. All right, your abuela, you left your abuela on the street in New York. But let's just say this, she chose to live in New York. And as we know, New York is very expensive. I don't know what happened to your, your papa, your poppy. I don't know what happened to your poppy and why your abuela was left alone in New York for how many years? But to me, they made that choice. Why do I have to uh, take care of that? But what's going to happen is what people don't really understand. When your parents or your grandparents get older, somebody has to care for them. They're like children. Not only are they like children, they don't produce income. And if they didn't have retirement funds, they don't have social security. Social security is not going to be a lot of money. I mean, relatively it's not going to be a lot of money per month this is going to slow you down but they made life decisions in their life that didn't they're not going to do you any favors they're just going to come under you and be parasitic i'm not calling your grandmother parasitic but this is how we treat our young people you're in your prime and you're going to be slowed down because of their life choices i think that's severely unfair To you. But culturally, you guys have cultures that you can't get out of this. You can't wriggle out of this. You know, you won't tell your family, give them the middle finger. Yeah, Social Security going belly up, so never depend on that. You can't give your family the middle finger and be like, hey, hell with you. I can. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm a little bit different. And then when I give them the middle finger, I got to give everybody in my family the middle finger at that point because I'm spitting on what they are depending on. Again, don't be a dependapodamus on me. I don't care who you are. I don't care. See, people think I go on on the community. I go in on my own family and my own damn sons and daughters and my ex-wife and my mama like this. I tell them the same thing. I don't owe you shit. Don't expect nothing from me. If I give you something, you lucky you got that. But don't put anything, this is for the culture and this is for my family and this is for, okay, what did you do for me? You always have to ask yourself, what did you do for me? Or what are you going to do for me? Because I'd be damned if I do all this and my son and my daughter leave me out in the cold. Because <laughs> that's what's going to happen, guys. I don't know if you know the uh, uh, what human beings do. They leave your ass out in the cold. Especially if you're not a hustler. If you're not a hustler and you haven't set yourself up to prepare yourself uh to retire and whatnot. This is this is also if you give everybody the middle finger, you better have more than 3k worth of earning. Because <laughs> what you're gonna want to do is when you give them the middle finger, you're gonna want to have yourself prepared. So when you go bust, you have a fallback. Okay. So this is why I'm I, I you know, this is why it makes me nervous for me to be like 3k? Oh hell no. Now I can't give nobody the middle finger. You see what I mean? It's called fuck you money for a reason. And 3K a month ain't fuck you money. I want to have fuck you money so I can tell everybody, fuck you. See, I got to get real on you guys. But when you got 3K, you can't say it. (laughs) Now you stuck with your abuela. Now Now you stuck waiting for people to take care of you when you go cold and your heat get turned off. I'm just letting you know, man, you got to have a different mindset out here because people will not have your back. Your family will not have your back. Your family's not going to have your back like you think. And if they do, you're going to get a room in the back of their house. Okay, what is your family? (laughs) What is your family? Like, go to your family right now. What place in their residence can you fall back in? Do they have any place good for you? If they don't, I'm going to need more money. If they don't, I'm gonna need some more money. I'm gonna need something else because when your house goes kaput or your rent, uh, your rent is due and you can't you, you, you squandered it. You're gonna need some more. Uh, you're gonna need a place to live. <laughs> I'm just I'm a different guy though. I'm a little bit different. I want to be able to say I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you, and I want to have the one person I need in place. And I want to be able to give something to those people when I'm in need. I cannot stand um, um, freeloaders. Pe- families will come freeload on your ass. They'll lo- they'll use up all your toilet paper. They'll dirty up this, the bathroom sink and won't clean it. And then when you tell them, hey, man, can you do a little bit extra around here? They look at you like you sideways. What? Man, I ain't really using nothing around here. Yes, you are. You're using my toilet paper. There's something that, uh, um, let me see here. Somebody said there's no such thing as family, sorry to say. You're right. Hey, check this out. Um, There was a thing that I looked at that says if one person lives with you, one person lives with you, they are consuming 30% of the house's resources inadvertently. If one person lives with you, and they have uh, an adult over sixteen, age sixteen. They are consuming thirty percent of the resources, meaning thirty percent of the air conditioning, thirty percent of the heat, thirty percent of the toilet paper, thirty percent of the water. Now, what they'll say is, I ain't even using no, I ain't even using nothing. But they are using thirty percent of the space, thirty percent of the. They're using a significant portion of the resources, thirty percent of the electricity. They sitting up. Watching Netflix and TV and using your internet, think about how significant that is, and then the minute you chin check their ass because what they're gonna do is, since they're they don't need to produce as much income, they're going to they're gonna essentially do less for themselves. They're going to say stuff like, "I can live off three thousand dollars a month, but they're not paying you any rent, or they're paying bare minimum rent when you tell them, "Okay, can you give me five hundred dollars a month?" Yeah. Well, you know, things go up, right? Inflation goes up. Well, now I need 550. What? Why? What? Why are you raising the rent on me? Freeloaders. And when you tell their ass to leave, they make you a victim. You know what I mean? Now you got to take their ass to court. It's a real thing, man. And this is why I do what I do to try to avoid all of that bullshit. Because I don't want to have these conversations. And I don't want this to happen. You know what I mean? It's a real thing. You're going to get hammered on this one. They're eating up your food, eating up your leftovers. Oh, I know you still wanted that, Sean. Oh, we family. You're not going to kick your family out on the street. Man, we family. I thought you was going to give us a place. to No, we're not family. We're not family. Not when it comes to this. I need money. I need resources. Where are we at here? I got to get through a lot of super chats. Shout out to Herb. Uh, Let's see here. Shout out to Michael Merriweather, coach. They'll say you're shuffling for sure. Absolutely. And I'll I'll simply say, yes, I'm shuffling. (laughs) You know what I mean? What do you want me to say? I'm not shuffling and argue for the fact that I'm not shuffling? Yes, I'm shuffling. Okay. And I'm a proud shuffler. Now, can we move on to reality? I need electricity bill up. All right. The electricity bills up higher. Give me my money, right? Or you better start shuffling, shuffling your ass up out of here. Words don't hurt me. You know what hurts me? Not being able to pay my bills. Now I'm in pain now because my masculinity now is at risk, okay? Because now, now my shit is out of order. I'm going to be on the street freezing. Pay me my money. I'm shuffling, yes. Yes, I'm an Uncle Tom. Yeah, give me my money. <laughs> but see, those things don't hurt me. I don't have time to even argue that. Look, man, look, the bills do. What the hell are we doing here? All right, shout out to Cabido. Says, for anyone complaining about your message, tell them to go to Cologne, Panama. They'll appreciate what they have in the United States. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I think think a reality check is needed because I've traveled to uh, several places outside of the United States. And oddly enough, these paradises are near pure poverty these destinations that you go to go to you get to the airport you you drive you take the bus or the uber from the airport and you driving right next to your resort right across the street is pure poverty you drive through pure ass poverty and hell to get to where you go and when your ass get to the resort they say y'all ass better stay on this resort <laughs> mm. <laughs> don't leave the resort now how does that even make sense you're going to poverty you're going to paradise Traveling through poverty now, how, how did these people get in poverty and they live in paradise? Make it make sense, all right? Shout out to Octavius Baker, all right? Shout out to you, thank you. Uh, oh, body, a oh body, we're gonna call you oh, sin. Here's the money I would have spent on my next pack of smokes. Keep preaching the saving life coach, yeah. Shout out to you, congratulations! Don't, don't, smoke don't smoke only cigars, rusted junk. Coming in late and starting from the beginning because of your instructions, I just chose financial responsibility over Peace Leave. And because of that, I have 3,500 uh, 3, coming to me in a week or two. Thank you. And keep up that fire. Keep the fire strong, I should say. Uh, congratulations to you on that. Uh, you're doing absolutely well. Uh, you know, I always tell you, take take a pure break from Peace Leave. And in four years, Peace Leave will be very cheap. <laughs> It'll be very cheap. Uh, but you guys want the relationship and you want to be broke at the same time. That don't work the same. My man, Combat Trucker's in the building. He says, get them, coach. I listen to your show daily while out here on my purpose, running my own truck company. These women have zero clue. None. They do. Uh, ladies will get you in debt. No matter what, how much money you have, they'll run through it. Just so you know. If you have $3,000 a month, they'll run through that. If you make $8,000 a month, they'll run through that. If you have a million dollars a month, they'll run through that. So I know that as a man, right? So I keep them at bay, all right? Keep them away from my money. Keep them away from my legal entanglement. They'll run through it, bro. All right, I had a female friend once ask me for $200, all right? And I, this is at the time I was like, all right, you know, it ain't no big deal. And I knew I wasn't going to get the money back. So I sent her $200 on Venmo. You know what she said? She texted me back and she said, can you send me five more dollars? Because the bank charges me a fee for the money exchange. Brothers. I don't even know what the f- to say about that, bro. That's a Martin Luther Lee, man. That right there, that will get your nose broke. People are ungrateful as hell, bro. That's what I'm talking about. See, this, this is some ungrateful ass shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. I let you. I, 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 you said 200. (laughs) There's some bums out here, man. There's some real ass bums. Because your bank is all effed up and your account is all overdrawn. Now I got, I, I, I went out of the kindness of my heart, gave it to your ass, didn't ask for no duck sick or nothing. And then you text me back, talk about you need five extra dollars because the bank fee, bruh. I'm done with people because this is how people live. And then they come into your life and they are pure succubuses or succubies, Pure succubis. And they do, they, they make just enough, just enough, and they run into these problems. This is why I tell you, you can live in a situation where you're like, well, I, I don't want to live in Cali I, so I can pay less rent. But you're always going to need more. Trust me, you're always going to need more. Always, never get comfortable, not in America, ne- not in America. I'm letting you brothers know, do not get comfortable. <laughs> like, God dang, I swear people, I don't, people are, people are, Um. people are pieces of shit. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. All right, Drake69, I just started the Dave Ramsey program for getting out of debt. I make over 100K and broke due to debt. This just can't continue. Congratulations. See, here's another guy right here. 100k and it's not enough because of debt, right? We all get into debt. I've been into debt. All right, I didn't get out into big consumer debt. I had little consumer debt, very little. Most of my debt was related to um legal expenses, right? Legal legalities, divorce. Uh that was that was like the biggest mistake of my life. All right, that cost me significantly. It set me back 10 years financially. But there's a lot of people who make good money and it's still not enough. So there's going to be times where you have an emergency. You're going to have an emergency. Trust me, you're going to have a financial emergency. Uh, You know, you never know what it is. How are you going to pay lawyer and you make three K a month and you have an emergency? How's that going to work out? Do you guys know what lawyers make? Well, I'll just stay out of legal trouble. You can't you can't. um, You can't bank on that. You can't bank on being healthy. But if you go unhealthy, now what? Savings is not, dude. your lawyers will run through your savings. You know what lawyers do? I'm giving y'all real game here. So I, I want you guys to not feel that I'm attacking you. I'm giving you real game from real experiences. This is what lawyers do. No matter what trouble you're in, they're gonna ask you for financial declaration of uh of of income, and statement. They're gonna ask you for this. Why are they asking you for this? Not to see what you have, or to put not to protect you. They're gonna see what they can liquidate from your ass because you're in a pickle. And they're gonna say whatever you have, that's what you're gonna pay. You understand what I'm saying? That's how lawyers work. They're not just curious. They're learning what they're going to get from your ass. So whatever you have in your savings, whatever you have in your retirement, whatever problem that you are in right now, that's what they're going to take from you. They're not just going to take 10%. They're not going to just take 30%. They're going to take it all, (laughs) bro. They're like, what is it going to cost to get me out of the situation? How much do you have? That's the answer. How much do you have? And that's what they're going to take. They're going to take it all. All right, so when you see OJ and them get off, and you see all these people get off from deleting other people, they had to give up all their money for that. They were left with zero after that. But if they got off the crime, then they're not in prison at least. People have to learn what's out here, the traps that are out here. Uh, Bad health is a trap. Lawyers, they're traps. Getting in anything legal, squabbles and consequences. What if you get sued? What if you get sued, you make three K a month, you somewhere down the line, you turn 35, uh, you buy a house, your neighbor sues you. You cut down their favorite apple tree. Okay. You cut down their favorite apple tree on accident or on purpose. And they sue you. Uh, I'm gonna tell you your income ain't going to be enough. They are bar- You're barely going to get liquidated. You're going to hire an attorney. Hey, man, my neighbor's suing me right now. Uh, how much do you cost? He going to say $800 an hour? Now, take that from your $3K a month and let me know how fast you're going to be broke. And put that out in your $75,000 worth of savings. You're going to be broke on a lawsuit. People settle lawsuits just so they don't go broke. Not because they're right or wrong, just so they don't go broke. This is how people understand what lawsuits are. I'm just giving you game right now. If you get sued, it don't matter if you're right or wrong. It's how much money you have in the lawsuit. Okay? People understand. So you guys got to be adults. At some point, it's going to catch up to you. Okay? So don't, if you make a, if you make little money, never get sick, never get sued, never get in a car accident. Okay. You, this is what you're basically trying to do. Never get nobody pregnant. All right. Never have a girlfriend that uh, says you false allegation, domestic violation. You better be very much guy, a hermit. You better be a hermit and live in your house, work out of your house and make sure you have no risk in life. But I'm going to tell you, you can't guarantee this. Okay, um, I'm going to just let you guys know right now. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. A Radio, leaving the plantation starts with overcoming fear. Overcoming fear. Never. So a lot of people will tell you, crabs in the barrel, don't leave the plantation. A lot of people will tell you, you're not going to win. You're not going to be successful at your business. You're just uh, selfish. Uh, they're going to tell you that uh, you're materialistic and and then when you get out there and make it, for the little while that you'll make it, they'll be envious of you because you left the plantation. Ed says Larry Bird isn't walking through that door, fellas. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door. And Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're gonna be gray and old. Yes, indeed. Ed says if you're lazy, passive income is your friend. So again, passive income is your friend. Um, passive income is your friend, passive and uh, com- uh, compound interest and residual. Leo K, a house is a home, not an investment. Homes are not readily liquid. They're not and aren't going to pay you dividends. They actually pay negative dividends in forms of taxes and maintenance costs. But people don't look at that. People look at houses like they look at gambling. I made, no, you didn't. You worked, you worked for that. Okay, you didn't make nothing. Now you could have bought in the right neighborhood and in the right timing and in the right location and then that afforded you more of um more equity. But uh you didn't make nothing. All right, you work for whatever that is. And I guarantee you say you make $150,000 in equity over 10 years. And I'm just using basic math. That's $15,000 a year. Which is not significant when you sp- Time it over that span, and even less significant. I guarantee you, you put fifteen thousand dollars a year worth of work in that house. Like you work for that fifteen grand, you work for all of it, right? You mowed the lawn, you you landscape this, you painted that, uh, you 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 leaf blew this, you upgraded that. You put up, you put up this, you put up that, you put an awning back here, you put up furniture back there, all right. You you work for that. You put up a fence, you did, you stained the fence, you painted the fence. You work for that fifteen k, all right. This is the way you think of it, and you couldn't leave, you couldn't take vacations because you had that house. So shout out to D- Duck Stew. Hey coach, thanks for your hard work daily you even need he says you ever need t-shirts let me know free agent lifestyle forever send me off with the zoe all right shout out to zoe 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 where's zoe i can't find her all right I'm looking for that skin. That skin always sticks out.
2: And my Louis. husband will buy me as many fucking Louis as I want to. So you're gonna Once rely a fucking on your No. He's going to fucking spoil me. No. I don't no. deal with no fucking no, 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 scrubs. No. He's going to be a fucking engineer doctor, one of the fucking two, and he's going to buy me as many fucking Louis as I want, as many Chanel's, as many Gucci belts as I want, as many fucking Louis purse that I want. What happens if y'all get a divorce? What are you going to do then? Sit on your ass? Find another fucking husband, dude. Is that your fucking plan? You have to be independent, Zoe. Hair, makeup, esthetician. Facials, vagina waxing, everything—that is all independence I will get. Well, I'm money. glad that you want to take care of someone else for your life. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with
1: that? Whatever, Zoe. Whatever. Whatever, Zoe. You know the the conversation we we have about this, and I and I played a video, even to prove my point, and still people. Well, apparently, it's better to rent. Did I say it was better to rent? See, this is what you get. See, that's what that's a female negative emotional response. I'm just letting you know. I never said it was better to rent. I said dumbass people do exactly what a lot of ham and eggers do. They get themselves into this trap. And I'm just trying to educate you that just straight up following the rent is dumb. It's a dumb philosophy because homeownership is dumb. I can show you 10 dumb owners per 15 homeowners. I'm just trying to educate you on giving you the possible things that can happen. And dumb people do it all the time. And then their only way out of it, apparently, rent is better. It could be better for you. It could absolutely be better for you. Depending on who you are. I can show you. I just played the case for you. Would they be better off renting? Okay, but they're dumbasses in a pickle. And not, not only that, they're going to be renting they're no matter what they what, no matter what home their philosophy is they're about to be renters cuz they got to sell that house okay so don't come in here with your emotional responses i can give you a case of why it's dumb to rent but it's not just flat out um home ownership is better no it's not not for everybody it's not it depends on where you live how much money you make do you want to live in that city do you want to be imprinted by this house cuz i'm the type of guy I'm the type of guy that likes to move around. I don't like to be stuck in one area. When I want to move, I want to move. But I I've know people who own homes and they couldn't move. I don't want to be that. I knew people that want had a job waiting where they got, but they because the market was down, they couldn't sell their house so they couldn't take the job, which was a better job. Was it is it dumb to rent then? Is it dumb to own then? So this is the thing that we got to realize. I'm not making the case that renting is a better. What I'm telling you is there's traps and pros, the cons to everything. So know what it is. If you like to be a ham and egg, no, I'm sorry. If you like to be a guy that lives in the same house for 25 years, because just let me tell you, you're probably going to do it if you own a house. If you do that, they're going to do it. Odds are you're probably going to move into a tract home. Not a lot of people are building their own homes, which means you're susceptible to house homeowners association. If you like that and you're never going to leave Jacksonville, Florida for 25 years and you're going to be stuck in that same house for 25 years, that's what you're going to do. Especially if you say I only make $3,000 a month. That's where you're going to be for 25 years. If that's what you want to do, then be prepared to do it when you buy your house. Okay. Okay. This is all I'm telling you right now. This is just the reality of it. So never get offended by this. It's not an emotional decision unless you make it an emotional decision. It's not an argument. I'm telling you what it is. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just telling you what you're going to get into. Also, your neighbors are going to sue you at some particular point, or you don't get to choose your neighbors. Do you like not being able to choose your neighbors? Let's say you buy a house. Hey, homeownership is great. And then... Uh, The Chainsaw Massacre family moves next to you. What are you going to do? You can't leave. (laughs) You can't leave because you don't have enough equity. You don't make enough money. You can't sell. You plan on living there for 20 years. What are you doing now? Because that happens with homeowners all the time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to tell you, your ass is going to be stuck, held hostage by your neighbors. So you're going to be buying guns. <laughs> now you're in prison. So you guys got to be prepared for the situation here. If you like flexibility, whatever, whatever. And they up cooking roadkill barbecue in that 11 o'clock, listening to the country music. What are you going to do? Or do you, you, you you know, you got the thugging family, the single mother who rents who she rents her house next door and she got three baby kids, one gang banger, and they be up all that night at midnight smoking weed. What you going to do? It's going to be it's going to be a fight. I'm going to tell you that right now and you'll be in court, the police will be there constantly. You won't get any peace, no sleep. Or you'll have to go over there and smoke weed with them. <laughs> It's going to be a mess, but it happens. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida. Where are we at here? Uh, let's see here. Shout out to Ed says, your why is the easiest way to hold yourself accountable. That's true. He says, doesn't have to be something profound, just meaningful enough to keep you honest. I'm done. You out of here. Thank you, sir. Yes, you have to have a why, big time. Last two, and I'm going to continue. Edward Harvey Reddit our personal finance Canada is a full is full of people promoting marriage to ease the cost of living and success succeed financially. I need to either pay you or Aaron Clary to create a masterclass debunking this myth. Shout out to the coach gang. And so as much as I, you know, you guys hate me talking about home ownership, it's kind of the same angle as I take for marriage. Sure, marriage can work, sure, home ownership can work. However, they're both a the trap. All right. So if you get into this trap. How do you wriggle out of it? It's going to cost you financially. Okay. You can do it. It can work. Some people do it and it works. Same thing as the other argument that I was making. Some people do it and it works extremely well, but some people do it for the wrong reason or they do it to help themselves financially. And it's a trap. Same damn argument. At least I'm consistent, right? At least I'm consistent. I'm a little bit of a cautious guy when it comes to stuff like this. I don't want to be cornered. Marriage and mortgage are just about the same. They they're just about the same. It's the same outlook. Yet people get divorced all the time. Yet people lose their house all the time. Yet people are underwater in their house all the time. Same with marriages. People get in marriages is good for 5 years and then it's hell for 20 years. You see what I mean? It's the same argument. So, you know, uh, here we go. Mike D, last one. Uh, blue Chip Mindset is a gem. When your finances are right, you end up in a position to help those you feel deserve it. I paid off the remaining 3K balance on my new, newly retired dad's car note, my retirement gift to him, and thanks for raising me. So you put yourself in a position to be able to give him something that was a tremendous gift. That's because you did over and above what most people do here in America. Somebody says, I thought about like that coach. Yeah, it's about the same thing. So um, guys, I'm just telling you, prepare for, prepare yourself a little bit better. I know doing enough and I can make just this much and do ease off. It's going to be a situation that, that sets you up. All right. It sets you up down the line. So we have a little bit more. If you guys want to stick around. Okay, I have a little bit more. I had another point. Oh, this is what I wanted to share with you. So what I wanted to share with you. Oh, a time management. That's what I wanted to share with you. Um, the, uh, the the idea, a lot of people are nine to fivers because you've been trained to condition that nine to five is the weight of the world, right? But that's changing even today. That's changing even today because a lot of nine to fivers are working more than nine to five. Uh, let's say you take a salary job salary jobs are not nine to five. Salary jobs are, they pay you to get access to you no matter what, right? So say if you travel for work, you're not a nine to fiver, all right? But they're paying you, this is what happens where your hourly wages income goes down. So whatever you're worth per hour, when you take a salary, you're no longer worth that per hour. You're simply going to be worth whatever the salary is. So, if you, if you travel for work, if you're answering emails at night from your boss, but they pay you a salary, you basically are on the clock. So if you say you make $25 an hour, but you're on all access or you're working, you're worth less than that Um, with the salary. And your income is limited. You really, uh, limit your income. You can't rise. They can actually pay you more if they choose to. But uh, many people get stuck in the salary job and they overwork themselves with no potential to earn more, no bonuses, no anything else. They don't get anything more for working better. You get a pat on the head. Oh, thank you for that great project and presentation. Do I get anything out of it? The company does. The company gets to make a sale and they get to convert something because you produce something. But when you change your mindset and become a producer, then whatever you work actually is worth more. So your hourly wage is worth more. So I work um, it could be 20 hours a day. But I get paid to produce. So it's worth whatever I'm able to recoup in production costs, right? So people pay me to produce. I work however many hours. I keep producing. Then I keep getting paid, right? That's basically how a producer works. They don't have a set hours. They actually just keep working, keep producing. All you have to guard against is burnout. As long as you don't burn out, you can keep going, but at some point you're going to burn out as well. So you got to guard against that. But time management is what people don't have. So what, what what a normal person will do is they'll clock in, clock out. They'll clock in, clock out. And then when they're clocked out, they're done. No more work, no more producing, no more nothing. They basically just then piss away their time entertaining themselves. All right. So if you depend on entertainment, If you depend on entertainment, then you will spend the rest of the evening entertaining yourself, drinking, smoking, watching Netflix, playing video, whatever it is that you do to entertain yourself, talking to people, fornicating, right? Whatever it is, watching TV, downloading stuff, YouTube, whatever it is, you start then becoming a consumer. You went from producer to consumer. Now, you want to measure how much consuming you're doing versus producing. Yeah, per Um, so here's what, what I'm gonna pull up here is, uh, this time management sheet that I talked about in my course conquer. Um, this is something that I've been doing called time blocking. Now I work a non-traditional schedule. (laughs) So, uh, sometimes I work on the hour on the hour and I can charge by the hour. All right. So that's basically how I do it. I see my, I see my life in hours. Right. What does this hour include? Is this a workable hour? This is a non-workable hour. This is an hour I want to keep open. And so, so forth and so on. So I'm on a time clock like this. So this is not actually me, but it's this is an old one. I don't even remember for what I did here. So I basically block time when I want to have time to trick off, fornicate, whatever the hell I want to do. Um piss it off, piss it away, take a nap, whatever it is. And I basically use this sheet to realize when I'm open, this is an old, old sheet because I could see I was doing some fitness training by then. Um, What times are open to book? What times are closed to book? I'm not available. Why am I not available? For whatever reason, I don't want to be available. Running errands. Jacking off. I don't know. Doing something efficient. Taking a nap. Eating breakfast. All right. And so I would book these, I would block these times to realize when I was available, when I was not. You can see I put it here. This is when I'm free. These are when I'm free. White is when I'm free. This is my free time. As you can see, not a lot of free time. All right. I'm not available, but I'm doing something else. This is when I tell people I don't have time. Well, you're not doing anything between these hours, but that doesn't mean that's time available to bullshit. This is time that I'm making to do other stuff that life requires, but I'm not going to be working during these times. So that's what you guys got to look at your time. How much is your time worth? Can you do something else? Okay, I work from nine to five. I have these times open here. What am I going to do? Work out, go to the gym. But what people do is they clock out and they do nothing and they let other people dictate their time. Oh, spend some time with me. And then you spend two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, rehashing the same bullshit that you could have been, that you said the previous night when you were free. And then you do it again on Tuesday. Then you do it again on Wednesday. Then you do it again on Thursday. Oh, hell no. I'm telling you, you're eating yourself alive. And then you do this shit and then you wake up again, six o'clock. And then you barely work. You do just over broke and then you come back and waste more time. So I have this time blocking system down. It's in my head. I don't use this anymore, but I used to use this to guide me. And when I got done with one job, I would actually try to find time to do another job or another type of production. This is before I was even doing YouTube. All right. But what I would do is if you guys look at this chart, this was my personal training hours. I would work 5 a.m. to about 10.30. Everybody knows in personal training, the weakest hours, the slowest hours were between thirty and 2. And then I would go back to personal training, 3.30, maybe 4.30, all the way to 7. However, when I started doing YouTube, I would go 5 a.m. to 10.30 or 11.30 a.m., And then I would come record videos for YouTube and I would go back to training and then I would come back and do whatever finalized things I did for YouTube. So that, that was me doing two jobs. I started then doing two jobs and I did this all the time. I did this all. Yeah. The split shifts are the worst. It was horrible and it was horrible to get geared back up. Now, when I was not productive, I would work 5am to 1130, come back and take a nap I would fornicate with uh, uh, gorditas, fornicate with easy peace leave, free peace leave. I would do all of that. Be dissatisfied, you know, just kind of get my nut on, come back and go to work. And then I said, "What if I eliminated that? How how much would my life change?" And it literally changed my life by going, "What if I did YouTube?" And I wasn't making a lot of money when I was doing the YouTube back then because I had this money, I had the training money, and I was saying, "Well." I um I have just enough guys. This this training money was enough. I was making tw- ten to twelve k a month just training, just doing the training, and then I would come in with these gorditas and do the whole thing around. And yeah, you know, I mean, wasting time with them. Low hanging fruit, older women, you know, clients that wanted to make me at the gym, young girls that wanted free training sessions, whatever. Right in right in between here, then I would go back. And I was just like, wow. Then when I took control of these hours and I said, this is going to be the time I did YouTube right in here. Then I will hustle back to work. And then over time, after a year, I started making income from YouTube. Then I was making double. I was double ending it. I was like, whoa. Then there was no problem with what the income was because I was making a couple of dollars here and I was making a hell of a lot of money here. But I was tired as hell. Yeah, I was tired. But I also had, you know, I also was stacking. And I was using, you know, I was using my brain. Now, I did that how many hours? How I many? how many years? I've been doing this for four years, five years almost. Then I had extra money to invest, extra money to pay off debt, extra money to do this. Did I, And I had less peace leave but I was totally satisfied with it. And it allowed me to do what? Come up with the free agent lifestyle. Then I literally was like, wait a minute. Getting rid of low-hanging fruit actually was better for me economically. So in that time and space that I was using to fornicate or trick off or not even trick off, I wasn't even in that mindset. I was just tender dating. In that time, I actually replaced that was something that was beneficial to me and it was it changed my entire life. I didn't sit around saying, oh my training money is just enough. I was making great money. I also was fighting a legal case. So that's also where my that was also where my t- money was going. So my money was I was making good money but I was fighting off my divorce and that was costing me several grand a month. You see what I mean? So this is what people need to do. I, I mean, this is what works for me, and this is what I'm selling. This is what I'm selling to you. And you're getting it in the form of free information, most of it for free. Some people sponsor. Um, yeah, and, and as somebody says, if you love what you do, you're, you'll get bored not working. And I actually had two jobs that I loved what I was doing. I was like, this is fantastic. I get to chop it up. I get to learn how to edit and uh, all of that stuff. Let me show you something. You guys want to see something funny? I'm going to show you one of my first YouTube videos. All right, so for people that know. This is one of my first YouTube videos. Shout out to Cam P on the Cash app. He says, "Fax Coach for, uh, I got you, man. We're going to call you uh, Cam Money 2573. Uh, check this out. October 2011. Can you guys see this? Now, remember I told you uh that um that I've been on YouTube for almost now 11 years. Fair use. <laughs> uh this video is a basketball video. Okay, I uploaded it in December uh October of 2011. I recorded it in in somewhere in 2006 but YouTube was just starting off and I didn't know whether to put it on YouTube until almost six years later. Okay. Six years later, I put it on YouTube six years later, but I recorded no, like five years later, but I recorded it in 2006 and it's a basketball drill. I'm going to tell you about perspective here. Uh, Let's see here. How many views does this video have? And it's on private. Now it has a hundred thousand views over a hundred thousand views. And, um, I remember, I'm going to give you some perspective. When I recorded this video in 2006, (laughs) I stole his intro. When I recorded this video in 2006, at that time, I tell the story all the time. I set it up on a tripod in an old camcorder with a flip screen so I could see what was recording. I set it up with a stationary tripod, and I recorded it. In the gym, at the time I was recording, was... Uh, two women, I don't remember what they were doing, but I can't imagine they were playing basketball all right? Cause they don't, they weren't basketball players, but I remember them telling me when I recorded, when I was recording the video, they asked me what I was doing. They were like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm recording a video, a basketball drill video. And they were like, you're recording yourself. You're recording yourself. I'm going to say this again. You're recording yourself, question mark. Now, think about that in the context of time today. Now, not a lot of people. I actually have three or four of these basketball videos, um, and this was my origin of YouTube. Now, think about that time. Think about that time, 2006. We're talking about uh, 16 years ago. In that time, recording yourself, was damn near unheard of. (laughs) Now people record themselves second nature. But recording yourself back then was crazy. But I was willing to do it, right? I was willing to do it. But she was like, you're recording yourself? Think of how crazy that is. So anyway, uh, check out this video and the music. Fair use, by the way. Somebody said, oh, uh, women always dream stealing. Exactly. They didn't have the foresight. You know, I always tell you I'm from the future. They didn't have the foresight to understand that this was going to be something that's going to be a thing, recording yourself. All right. So you're going to see me doing little big man drills. So this is called a mic and drill, in which I always train my basketball players to be very good at the mic and drill. So um, no matter how tall they were, normally they would do post players on this drill. But I said little. Players should know how to do the mic drill. Hey, listen to that music. Look at me. Look at them edits, bro. I had the logo and everything, bro. So this gives you proof that I had the Coach Greg Adams name in 2011. And I actually had a website, CoachGregAdams.com, which is not in existence anymore. So this tells you Coach Greg Adams was my name even back then in 2011. Okay, I never changed my name. Yeah, oh, woo, look into that music, bro. Woo, woo, woo. So I did the Mikey drill. Look at me, man. Watch this, bro. Look at me. Oh. look at your boy. Look at your boy, left hand, right hand, Mikey drill. Oh, keep that ball high, coach. Keep that ball high. No beard or nothing. All right, look at that. Look at it. Look, look at that boy right there. Look at that boy. All right. Oh, slow motion for me. We doing slow motion too? Oh, boy, I was on my editing. I probably took me 18 hours to edit this film. (laughs) And I got hair on my head, too. Hey, I used to have hair. (laughs) I used to have hair. All right. Let me see what I got. Oh, off two feet. Left hand. All right, look at that. Oh, man, don't hit the rim either. All right, look at that. Hey, that's me. 2011. Oh, I hit the rim. (laughs) Oh, man, look at me, man. Hey, look, never give up your dream, man. Never give up your dream. Look at that. Oh, left hand, right hand, left, right, left. All right. Oh, I hit the rim. Oh, I think I played that drill. Oh, bike and drill in reverse. (laughs) Oh, the reverse bike and drill. Oh, I think I had a Tate Diggs beard right there. I think I had the Tate Diggs going on right there. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Hey, look at that ball play. Left hand, right hand. Left hand, right hand. Look at all slow motion for me. Hey, man, you can start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. I'm shuffling. <laughs> Coaches out there shuffling, too. Look at that footwork. Look at them feet work. Look at them feet work. Oh, man, you got to start somewhere. Fair use, fair use. Fair use, fair use. Oh, two-ball drill. Two-ball drill. Two balls? Oh, no. My boy going two-ball drill on them. All right, look at that. Look at your boy. Oh, that's good. That boy good. That boy, good. I
2: got money.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway. Anyway, yeah, two ball pause. And look at the quality of that camera. (laughs) But those were my first videos on YouTube. Those were my first videos on YouTube in 2011. And so I had no idea I would be doing YouTube. I discovered YouTube right when it came out. I remember what I was doing. And I looked in and I said, this is going to be a big deal. But at that time, I was just coaching basketball. I wasn't doing drills. And I was coming. I was like, I need to put drills out, the drills that I know and demonstrate, because at some point I'm going to get old. (laughs) I'm going to get old and I won't be able to want to do the drills. And um, I decided to record myself. And then I had the name and all of that stuff. So I never changed my name. Anyway, just so you guys know, I could do some shuffling, too, with the basketball. Where are we at here? Let's do the Super Chats. So what is your time? What is your time worth? At that time, I was coaching high school, maybe college basketball. I would do my job. And then I did extra time doing that job. I remember my when I when that video came out, when that video I uploaded it in 2011, I didn't check back on it for like three years. All right. For three years. And then I checked back and I said, um, I said, this video got 100,000 views. I was like impressed. And I didn't know about AdSense or nothing. I didn't know about AdSense and what I did was there was somebody that told me about monetization on YouTube around 2014 or 2000 and I said I wonder if my videos got AdSense money and I checked and I made $74. I don't think I checked until like 2015 or 2016 and I had 74 bucks worth of AdSense money from three basketball videos. And I was like, "Hmm, $74?" But I couldn't even get the money because they won't send you a check unless you have over $100. And I was like, oh, well, looks like I got to upload some more videos so I can get that $74. Because they won't send you a check unless it's over $100. So I was like, oh, okay. You can make money on YouTube. That was the first time around 2014, 2015. I was like, oh. And I had heard people were making money on YouTube, but i never really, i never, never put two and two together. So it took me 2006 recording, 2011 to upload it. By 2014, almost 10 years, eight years to figure out, oh, there's money. Crazy, huh? Crazy ass story. That's how I started YouTube. So if anybody says I'm new here, I got the proof. 2011 at least. Where are we at here? Justin Gonzalez, I can hardly survive off $4,500 per month, and I have no mortgage. Uh, I actually have a question for you. What city do you live in? Because everybody always wants to make it about what city you live in. But again, I feel you on that one. Um, but they'll say as a single man, that's enough. And I say it is for now it is. But at some point, it ain't going to be enough. Where are you at? Uh there is money in women, coach. There is money in women. Francois says, coach, family is the worst. I was born in 1980, and my family's philosophy was children should be seen and not heard. Uh, that's an old philosophy. It doesn't run anymore. Uh, but, yeah, they should be seen and not heard. And um, But sometimes your children can be your biggest potential income source. In today's world, children can make way more money than Old baby boomers, and YouTube is an example of that, or or social media is an example of that. People that say social media is dumb, I get it. Yeah, it, it was a dumb thing to put in our hands. It is, but it ain't going away. And not only that, young people are being monetized right now like crazy, and they make way more money than their Generation X and baby boomer parents can ever imagine, and they do far less than their baby boomer parents. And you will never know it. I remember there's a guy named, um, I think he was the guy over House of Highlights or one of those things. And it was a young, young guy. Go look up his story. It's on YouTube, young dude. Um, And he was a young dude making a whole bunch of money. And his family never understood why he couldn't be at dinner no more. And he was like, well, that's when all the NBA games and all the good highlights come on and I need to be posting. Oh, you were wasting your time. Now... (laughs) Now, five, 10 years later, he ain't wasting He made way more than them, bro. (laughs) It's either House of Highlights or there's another one similar to that on Instagram. And he killing it. So this is the idea. And so young women have, you know, TikTok and um, OnlyFans. These women are securing $30,000 a month easily. And they do very little for this. Now. Do you have to give up the idea of working nine to five? Yes, you do. Because nine to five is a new concept anyway. It's pretty much a training concept to get you hooked on industrial revolutionized work. Nine to five was never a concept uh, before what you would call labor laws. Labor laws introduced nine to five work. But if you worked agriculturally, there's no such thing as nine to five. You you actually stopped working. You worked when the sun went up, and then you stopped working when the sun went down. This is what the introduction of daylight savings time was, because during the winter, when there was not much agricultural work, you can set the clock back. These are all new concepts that get you into being NPCs. But agricultural people could have daylight savings time in their area because uh, the crop was not. The crops were frozen. There was not much work to be done. So now you can go to sleep earlier. But during the spring and summer, when things are growing, they need to be watered and and, and all that stuff. And and kids, uh, 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 the pigs need to be bored and and cut up. You, You need more daylight. You know what I mean? It's an idea that you guys don't understand. Nine to five is a concept that was only used for a certain amount of time, and it was based around labor laws and corporations. Most people work their ass off nonstop. Non-freaking-stop. There was no such thing as nine-to-five, <laughs> right? So, um, but, you know, some people, nine-to-five is enough. More power. More power to you. Uh Eric Powell, the U.S. spends $1 trillion per year on 80-plus programs specifically for women, but they're strong and independent.
0: So I can focus on my career. Make it
1: make sense. Yeah, man. It's a it's a weird thing. They have a safety net. Just understand that whatever idea a woman can come up with, it, it often is going to include in a safety net that you don't have. So you can't follow their path. If you were raised by a single mother, her idea of making it in this world is not going to be your idea of making it in this world. You're, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for you. So when they see you out here grinding and hustling and you're a young man and they're like, why are you working so hard, son? Just understand, she don't have to work that hard to make it. <laughs> she never has to. All of a sudden, there's a hiring quota. She's going to get a job. She's going to get interviews. She's going to get pushed to the front of the line. And then after that, the fallout, if it doesn't work, she can sue the hell out of them. Sexual abuse, uh, uh racial discrimination. She want to wear her hair in sister locks. She can sue the hell out of them. She can go to the government. She can, She can get a sugar daddy. She can get married. She can get... You don't have that safety net. You have no bailouts coming your way. A man supporting men? Coach, I'm thinking about renting out Airbnbs long-term instead of signing a lease uh, and being tied to an apartment. Uh, interesting. It's If it works for you, it works for you. So I'm not saying that there's pros and cons to it. Just understand what the pros and cons are. If it makes you more mobile and you're, it works for you, it works for you. Uh I can't know what to call you. Q5 Reacts. Congratulations. He says he says he just hit 40k subs. Hey man, any advice for me to get out of the mental block stopping me from focusing on my career? Um man, my I mean, look, tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. Your health is not promised. Uh nothing's promised here. Our safety and security is not promised. This is all I'm going to tell you. Your mental block right now is, um, you know, you don't know whether to double down or go all in or whether you should be happy at 40K and having a regular job. My my advice is always do more. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't. But congratulations on your thing, man. I, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You could be, you know what I mean? Like um, anything could happen that could stop you from doing what you were doing. Now, you want to have something in the bank. You want to have something banked. If you're young, just do some shit. You know what I mean? Go all in. <laughs> all you're gonna invest is time, but at the end, that time that time that you invest can produce something. But if you just stay stagnant and say, well, this is enough. This is enough. Well, then what if? What if you get what, what if you can't work tomorrow? You you got the <coughs> See, when you're self-employed, when I was a fitness trainer, okay, doing fitness training, and I did that for almost a good 10 years, I could not get sick. You guys got to understand being self-employed, what that means. You cannot get sick. Like, I was not going to get sick. Like, I trained myself, don't get sick. You know what I mean? I wasn't a fear. It was like, I can't be sick. I remember one time I had the flu. I showed up to my clients. (laughs) And my clients were like, man, go home. You know why I did it? Because I needed to show up. Because I needed that money. I could not take that day off. I don't care how much money I had in the bank. I couldn't take the day off. I showed up and it was like, oh, man, you don't look too good. Why don't you go home? This was before the Rona, by the way. Now you can't do no shit like that. But I showed up. All right, I'm here to train you. Tired. But you're self-employed. You don't have no safety net. You don't get paid sick days. You don't get time off. You don't get vacations. This is the risk you take, but the risk, the the results are the the good things about it is you can make more money being self-employed All you got to do is show up, but I can't be sick now doing this, doing YouTube, I can't be sick. Like if I'm going to be like, I'm committed to being here every morning, guess what? I can't be sick. The minute I show up on here, (laughs) Oh, try to do a show. Now what happens? Now, multiply that two or three days. Now, multiply that times killing your momentum. So here's the deal. Do it while you're healthy. Go all in. I can't sleep in. I can't. What wakes me up? Of uh, being productive. That what wakes me up. Not money, not anything like that. I think the results of what I do is income. But I wake up to go, I got to be healthy. And while I'm healthy, I'm going to produce. So do it now. What's the mental? What's stopping you? You can always, you know, you can always, um, it, look, let me tell you something about YouTube. If you ever kill your momentum, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You ever see those YouTubers, they 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 go, um, oh, I'm going to take a break. I need to, you know, I got burned out. I need to recuperate. And they stop. They stop for six months. And then they come back in. Hey, everybody, I'm back. Guess what happens? First of all, the algorithm going to kill you, All right? The algorithm going to kill you. Second of all, everybody going to move on because there's somebody else that took your spot. That's the same thing as you go to work. Oh, you know, boss, I'm burned out. I'm mentally drained. I'm mentally unhealthy. And then your ass stop. Your ass stop going to work. Guess what your boss is going to do? Find another employee. And then you're going to come back. All right, I'm I'm good. All right, I'm ready to go, boss. Uh, Well, somebody else took your spot. So you can't stop momentum right now, sir. You have momentum as I call it. Momentum never stop momentum. I don't care what it What I mean, if you just mentally just just breaking down, you're having a mental breakdown. Stop. Stop. But as long as you're healthy, go. Keep going. (laughs) My mental health. Yeah, the mental health thing is just a cop out for lazy people. Most of the time, not all the time. Most of the time. Lazy ass people, well, I'm burned out. You ain't even work, You weren't doing nothing anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. State Flex Coach spends three K a month at the junior college alone. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm like three K. Holy shit. I'm like, some girls won't even eat on my damn. Three <laughs> K a month. That's pretty. That's pretty high, bro. Shout out to Joshua Moon. I make two K a month. Coach, preach to them. <laughs> so Joshua's like, I make two K. I'm struggling. How the hell, Dexter Barnes? What y'all spending money on? I'm 21, making seven K a month, but spend 1.5. I don't know what y'all are doing. Um, well, there you go, bro. But you make seven K. I guarantee you, if your ass make three K and you spend 1.5 K, you have a different. You be sitting there going, "Holy shit!" All right, shit gonna get tight on y'all's asses. All right, but that 7K allows you to spend 1.5K. But I guarantee you, you make make 3K, that 1.5K going to catch up to you. All right, Ryan says, some of y'all in here are living the white chip mindset, saying 3K a month is living like a king. I, I can't see it. I don't see it. Now, I mean, the last time I've been at that level was at 20, 22. That probably was the last time. So we talking about 24 years ago. I can't see it. I just don't see it. I would look at my budget right now and plug that in. I'll be asked out. Shout out to you. But again, I have a lot more expenses and I'll have a lot more to live for. I actually have things that I could take for granted. Right? I could take it for granted. So I actually have access to things that, fortunate enough, I have access to things that most people, most people wouldn't have access to because they don't have that income, right? Like I look at it and go, oh, I got season tickets to the Angels. I got season tickets to the Raiders. Like those are fantastic things. Not a lot of people can afford that. But to me, it's a part of my budget already because I want to have access to that, right? I have access to travel expenses. And like when I travel, I want to travel good. So I just couldn't imagine being able to do those things off that income. So I couldn't live off a king like that. And even by myself, I couldn't. That would be living pretty much tight. It just depends on where you are, right? It depends on where you are. Shout out to uh, where we at here. Drake says, I live in Napoleon, Ohio, and I pay $560 per month in rent. I'm very good with this. Fine. It's great. That's great. You know what I mean? You're, 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 you're in good shape in Napoleon, Ohio, you know, Cleveland or Tupelo. or I'm sorry, Columbus. All good. I'm not putting people down for living the way they want to live. Shout out to you, bro. Michael or uh, Mr. D. Jenkins, coach, reading free agent lifestyle, incredible book, and easy read, must read for all men. Thank you, sir, for getting that book. Get that book man. You can get it on audiobook if you're not much of a reader. But plus it's an easy read. It's not very complicated. I don't I don't write that much. I don't write that well. My man said my medical insurance is 500. For sure. My medical insurance is definitely close to uh because I'm self-employed, right? My medical insurance is definitely hitting probably at 400. My medical insurance is definitely hitting that four hundred. Like, do you do you guys have medical insurance? Like, I'm trying to act, look at it, and say, if I make three K, my rent's five hundred, and then tax medical insurance, or does your job provide an insurance? Now, most jobs don't give you one hundred percent insurance; you have to pay for your insurance. I'm actually really curious about what's going on here. I can't do Medicare too, man. I, 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 yeah. To me, that's a government. Now you at now you at the government's hospital and all that. Oh, the state insurance is for is free, well, so you guys are doing Medicare type of deal. I can't do that Medicare. I could do it, but I just don't like going down to the government and getting a insurance. I like to have. My um, HPO, you know what I mean? I see it, <laughs> or they don't have it, sure, they're going through the state, all right. So, I would talk about that, but I'm not gonna talk about that anyway. Uh, Mr. Jenkins, I got you, man. Uh, Roberto Moreno says, saying hi to Sean, shout out to Sean, and he also says, Coach is right when my father was sick. He saw how much uh, his illness was affecting his sons. So eventually, eventually he surrendered to his condition to save us. Yeah, PPO only. Um. So what do you see? This is what I'm talking about, right? So at some point, you're going to get sick. You're going to get old and feeble. And then you become a burden on your family. Uh, if you have any pride. Yeah, you're going to be like, I'll just die. <laughs> Man, that's sad, but I I I know I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Somebody says y'all own Kamala care. I mean, I'm just telling y'all. Yeah, somebody says Medicare equals substandard medical care. Uh that's what I was gonna get into that, but I'm not trying to diss everybody. If you want state funded health insurance, you get what you pay for. When you get sick, sick, you're gonna wish you had more than medical care. They on that Biden care, Kamala care. Yeah. Pelosi care. (laughs) No, I know, man. I know. I know. Look, y'all can do it if you want, man. I don't know. How does your flex help you who want help those who want to do better? Um, I don't think uh, there people are flexing. I think people are really, um, really try to educate people what's going on here. Uh, Do you guys see my my disclaimer? My disclaimer's here. You know, I've always been a classist per se, but I'm going to just say to people who may not know. You may not know. At some point, you might not have been exposed to an, an alternative. Say, for instance, you've always been on an HMO and you never knew what PPO life was like. He said they don't read. And till you need a PPO or till you get in a situation where you can select your doctor or you can select the doctor near you and not have to drive 40 miles to a low budget doctor who got there, you got to wait in a waiting room for eight hours. You know what I mean? You get an emergency, you can't never get a reach of your primary care physician and you always got to go. To some place and they got people laid out, splayed out in the hotel room, they shot. You got somebody that got COVID-91. It's it's gonna be a different life when you get exposed to that. Okay. So what we're trying to educate some guys to is they're saying, hey, I can live off less, but I'll just use government insurance, or I'll just use, you know, section eight and then I start going, oh, I see what, what's happening here. You haven't been exposed to a better option. Now, I'm going to just let you guys know. When you get exposed to a, he says, uh, when you get exposed to a better option, you can't go backwards. You can't go back. To it. So you're willing to pay whatever, you know, insurance, you can call it a scam, but you're willing to pay for better options better alternatives and then once you 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 can't go backwards once you do that so once you get on a ppo plan you're willing to invest that money because you know what it means you know the difference and unfortunately in america healthcare is one of those things that you need because without it you're you're gonna be asked out i mean it's a scam you put the money in most of the time you don't get the money back but um It's just a situation of just being exposed to different. And then that could make people elitist because then you will hear somebody say, well, I can't fly anything but first class. Now, I don't understand that. I can fly coach. However, when you've flown first class, it's hard to go back to coach. And then you sound like an elitist. And then you sound like you, you sound like guys go, um. You sound like we're talking stuff about everybody that has flown in coach and will only be fine getting a Southwest want to get away ticket where you'll always get a C boarding pass and you'll never get any better than that. You'll always never get to choose your seat. You, you'll never get. To. So this is what happens to people when they're exposed to more. They know that there's more in life to get. They say there's more in life. Wow, there's more. I can get this things better. And um, then you can sound elitist and then you can make people feel bad, right? You can be like, oh, man, you HMO coach flying. Well, what I want to tell people is it's not that we're trying to or not that people are trying to make you feel bad. It's just that they've been exposed to more. Like there's some people that will literally go, I'll fly Spirit Airlines. Most of the time, they'll have no problems, but sometimes they'll have a problem. Then there are some people will say, I could never do that. And they'll give you reasons why, because they seem better than Spirit Airlines, right? So it's not that we're trying to put people down, but what people have to understand is once a person is exposed to better or most somebody actually values their time and go, Well, I had an HMO, but I had to wait. I would show up for my 11 o'clock doctor's appointment and they'd be back an hour and a half, right? I have a PPO and my doctor's office is never busy. I show up at 11 o'clock and I get seen immediately, right? This is all what happens. This is all what happens. So people do tend to sound elitist and we don't want to come across as elitist, but we will always tell you, Some things are more efficient than others. And then just sitting back accepting less because it costs less or you don't have to produce more that can make you uh, not understand that there's a better option for you. All you have to do is produce a little bit more and you can get out of those options. And then you will literally find out that life is much better because I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a long stream. I'm going to tell you there are people that you would call spoiled, but they're living fantastic lives. And they never are going, this is enough. And the reason why they get up and push every day is because they're exposed to five-star restaurants. They're exposed to five-star resorts. They're exposed to it. They can never go, ah, I'll go back to two-star. I'll go back to shopping at Kroger. I'll go back. They'll never go back because they've seen what's possible. They seen what's possible, so this is what the argument is here. We're not trying to put people down and you're losers, and we're rich and all of that stuff, but it is the reality of the world. And fortunately, in America, you can have those opportunities. Same as I'll never clean my house. That could sound elitist. I'll pay for somebody to clean it. That could sound like that's a waste of money, but for me, but for me, I will never. Trade the time to clean my house for three and a half hours as opposed to what I can produce in that time. Then I start doing what does it cost me? And is it a fair exchange of time? Or is it a is it a fair exchange of time where I ain't doing shit anyway? I don't have nothing on my calendar, nothing on my docket. I'll waste three hours cleaning my house and breaking my back, cleaning my bathtub. And I got three bathtubs. I'm not cleaning three bathtubs. I'll pay somebody to do that. (laughs) Let me know. Anyway, this is what it is. You know, a lot of people have different lives or different expectations out of life. But I think once you're exposed to more and you see that there's more possible and you go, wait a minute. This is what happens to women, by the way. Women, by the way, will do this. Once they've dated a certain style of man, they can't go back. Chris Rock said that. If they dated a guy with a car when they were young, they're not dating a guy without a car. They've already shown, they've already known what's possible and they can't go back. If they dated a guy that was six foot four and they're five foot three, odds are she's used to that height dynamic. It's probably she can't date a five-foot-eight guy. She's going to feel weird. It's going to feel awkward. She's going to say things like, I can pick you up. She can never pick up her six-foot-four ex-boyfriend. Now, is she going to ever get a six-foot-four guy again? Probably not. But she's used to that, and that's what dynamic she sees herself in. Everything else is going backwards. If she dated a guy with their own house, and you live in an apartment with roommates, it's going to be problematic for her. She cannot go back. It's going to be, she's going to feel weird. (laughs) She's going to feel weird. Yeah, it's called hypergamy, but yeah. So the same as other people in life, we have hypergamy ourselves. We can't go back. Same as homeowners. Homeowners tend to look at rental and the benefits that they're getting from homeownership they look at renting like an absolute joke. They're like, absolutely not. I like to be able to knock down this wall if I wanted to. I like to not be able to ask my uh, landlord for X, Y, and Z. I want to be able to do it what I want to do it and not get clearance. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading some things here. Where we at? Dr. Thunder, he says, I don't have FU money, but I do have FU tenure. Still need more money though, working on that. So, yeah, my this is my professor here. So, when you have tenure, there's nothing that they can do almost nothing. You're gonna have to commit a crime essentially to get booted from your job. So, he has comfort from his job, all right, but he may not have the money he wants. So, I'm he has to make time to earn his passive income. Sorry, I'm so behind. All right. Block Cyphers has been traveling international. internationally, intentionally, been traveling intentionally, working and investing. Fellas, there is a whole world out there. Go see it. Go see it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of odd that uh, like people will say, I'll just stay here in Tupelo and you can and I won't I won't. I won't make fun of you for the most part. And then you'll say, I'll just stay here in Tupelo and make $2,000. Well, you can do that, but you're going to miss out on the world. And you're going to, oh boy, you'll be kicking yourself in the ass. I mean, I've traveled internationally. I had my first trip internationally when I was, I was 25, 26. And it changed my life. I was like, damn, I could be on the other side of the planet. I think I will also, um, I had almost been to almost every state by that time. And I was like, dang, wow, there's a whole world out here. And I want to experience it. What it's going to take for me to experience it. Budget wise, 3K a month ain't going to cut it. All right, that ain't going to cut it. I'm going to be driving my ass off. All right, I I know that. So if I want to experience that, I'm going to have to try to find more um, in order to do it. The army can allow you to travel too. Shout out to Avery Vans. I have an idea for your vlog channel. Check your email. All right, shout out to Avery. He is our timestamp gang. All right, shout out to him, Simon Small. Funds for today's lessons with much thanks. Thank you, sir. All right, this is not just about amassing wealth. We teach you that wealth gives you freedom. It buys you opportunities. It provides you an opportunity to do more. So this is the message today. It's not just about money or being greedy. Well, Billy Kidd, this is very true, especially in the West Indian households. We are reserved to take care of our parents till they die. They'll live to 100. So think about that. Nah, man, that couldn't be me. They're going to have to find somewhere to live. And what I would do is I would actually have no problem paying for where they live or at least contributing to that. But you guys understand the dynamic of that type of plantation culture. If you're taking care of parents in their uh, lean years, From 80 to 100, and they can live to that age, sitting around doing absolutely nothing. What is your age at that time? Your age is probably uh, 45 or 50, 50 or 60. Those are your prime earning years. You're healthy as hell. You're productive. You got still a little bit of testosterone left. But what you do is you back off To come check on your parents like it's a dog. They can't do nothing. Let me help my nana up. No, man, bro. Mm -hmm. Now you ain't even killing it. This is when you about to just start hitting home runs in life. You just starting. Not only are you just starting being productive, you also have enough ability to go experience life. But no, you can't leave because your 85-year-old nana is living at the crib. Nah. That is, to me, plantation mentality. That's not freedom, bro. (laughs) For real, that's not freedom. So uh, this was a good thing back when you could, when you had to travel by horse and buggy everywhere and everything traveling wasn't convenient and living a lifestyle wasn't convenient. Now we have conveniences to do so. So sorry, old folks, y'all better save for retirement so you can afford to pay for your care. And if you did not do so, maybe I can break you off a little bit, but I ain't about to stop my damn life for you because I don't want people to stop their lives for me. I want people to live their lives. We have so much opportunity out here, but yeah, the families are rooted. So you ain't going nowhere. Just sit around with me sharing old stories. Nah, not me, man. Amari, multifamily homes are a great investment when renting out to others, but ham eggers don't realize living in your house yourself makes it a liability. Technically, it makes it a liability, although people will argue. There's no question that that's what it is. You work for that house. That's your boss. Because let's say if you don't have a check coming in, guess what happens? You're going to get kicked the hell up out of that house real fast. And that means you're going to get fired from your house. (laughs) Your, your house is your boss, and there's no there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. If your hot stars creaking and that water heater goes out, guess what you're going to have to do? Pony up. If your roof caves in, guess what your ass is going to do? And it will. Roofs only last 15, 20, 30 years. A, gr- a good roof or roof will last you 30 years at most. 20 years maybe. 15 years likely. And when your roof starts leaking, or if the roof is on fire, what you gonna do? You gonna let it burn? Or you gonna put that damn fire out? Put it out. That's your boss. And so people will act like, no, that house works for me. No, it don't. You work for that house. Your house is your boss, sir. Mm. All right. But until you admit that, (laughs) all right, we're gonna have this debate, and I would love to have this debate informally. All right, shout out to Zirak says people, and I include myself, have hated Thomas Sowell's words regarding trade offs. Life is a series of them. Yep, life is a series of trade offs. You gotta learn, uh, you have to take the bitter with the sweet and all of that stuff. Shout out to Thomas Sowell, Cali West Auto, Mike Carbone has an apartment. Mike Mike Cardone, you mean Grat Cardone? I think Grant Cardone is what you meant, has an apartment and he is a real estate mogul. He buys no property, but he uh, he can't profit profit from shout out to CGA and the nasty boys free agent for life. Yeah. Grant Cardone does the he just bought a house, by the way, but he rents an apartment in Miami, but he has rental income. So I'm never saying I don't say don't buy a house. You can buy houses for rental property. I think. He does it in a way where he's not trapped by the house or trapped by the apartment complexes or he's not trapped by the multifamily homes. He actually has those. He has them as assets in which they make money from, you know, they the money's returned back to them in the form of tenants and banking leverage. And then he rents. So there's an idea there where you can rent and then still you can rent where you want to live and then still own property. You see what I mean? So I'm not saying I'm against property ownership. I'm just saying many times you imprison yourself with property ownership where you have no wiggle room. Neither, I'm not saying it's bad either. I'm not saying it's bad. Red Dove says, would you leave a salary job if it paid well, but requires minimal time so you can do a side hustle? Well, as they say, never quit your day job. So no. Unless I was burned out or that was a glass ceiling Uh, I always will keep my day job until my side hustle pays above and beyond my day job. If that's the case, then I would leave. Or let's say I had a, a day job that was secured, that had a pension, like I was a police officer and I could retire at 55. Or I had an army job, a military job. I would keep that job. I would keep that job until I retired, got the benefits from it, and then did the side hustle. But I want, I want to almost two or three X my day job. If I can two or three X my day job and have a, a an emergency fund, then I would leave the salary job. But if my salary job and my side hustles are equal, I'm still keeping a salary job. More more than likely if it but if i if it comes to a situation where let's say for instance um i had a salary job that worked 9 to 5 but my side hustle i had to had to be available at 2 p.m. then i have to make a decision i have to make a decision shout out to Jason Webb back in the building Jedi, Jedi said is in the building welcome to the big timers billy kid nostalgic thank you sir m uh ms2 shinobi how do you get your clients to kill appetite um, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of times we eat for pleasure and so we overconsume during our meals. So you have to make sure that you don't get to a point where you're hungry. I think we get to a point where we're starving and then we overconsume. So I have a small stomach anyway, so that prevents me from overeating. However, we don't eat well. We eat for pleasure. So what we'll do is, hey, I'm not hungry right now. Well, that's convenient. You still got to eat, fool. And so what people will do is they'll go through their starvation. You know, I'm not arguing against intermittent fasting, but people don't eat breakfast. They don't break their fast after they wake up. Traditionally, we've broken our fast after eight, 10 hours of starvation, which we do during sleep. And then um, and again, I'm not talking about intermittent fasting. What I'm talking about then is then we wait till we're hungry to eat, which is pretty much entitlement, by the way. I mean, nothing reeks of entitlement. Well, I'll just wait till I'm hungry. Shit, you're lucky to have a meal many times. So you eat when you can. So uh, most people eat as a uh, convenience or for taste or for enjoyment. As opposed to saying, I need this fuel to energize me. And they eat strategically. So eat strategically. All right, so, yeah, hence the term breakfast, breakfast. All right, so shout out to Raul, says, my contribution to Kaylee's Bank Fee Fund. <laughs> yeah, the woman that's like, hey, can you send me five extra dollars? Uh, Ron Starr, just contributing coach, keep doing what you're doing. Long ass show today, but thank you for the contribution. A man supporting man, I didn't know Arizona doesn't do daylight saving times. I thought something was wrong with my phone. And I think Indianapolis doesn't do in uh, daylight savings time, or they didn't at one point. Those two places were the last holdouts. But now I'm hearing they're going to do away with it. I hear about that all the time once it rolls around. They're going to do away with it all together because the benefits are not even giving. It doesn't give us benefits anymore because we're not agricultural. Um, And then also it's a way to control population. Uh, By having a daylight savings time, you can control crime. By having daylight savings time, meaning um, if you make people wanting to go to bed early, they're least likely to be up during the winter months breaking into people's houses. <laughs> so psychologically, you can change the time on people, and by six o'clock, they ass be tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed instead of go breaking in stuff. And then at six o'clock in the morning, it's broad ass daylight. That's what that's breaking hours. so uh you know that's when your house likely to get broken in five o'clock in the morning but now uh five o'clock in the morning is broad daylight in many places all right with daylight savings time so they can control all of that all right Mike d don't never underestimate the fact that you're under control you think you're in control you're under control bro at all times and they can control you by just resetting the time on your ass he says criminals don't sleep. They don't. But they wait till you're in your third realm of sleep to break in your ish. A lot of people still up at 1, 2 in the morning. So they likely to be caught. By 4 o'clock, you in good sleep. Shout out to MPI a Man Supporting Men. Oh, I got you already. Mike D, a lady in my rotation said that. If we were together, our incomes could allow us to buy this and travel to great places. I believe you mean buy things. That's what she wants with. Wait, that's what she wants with my money and her money, not me. Finesse attempt in play. Give her the buzzer. Mm. So that is definitely a finesse move. What she's counting is, and this is a trap. I've already told you that's a trap. She's counting on her income and yours. She's She's getting together. It's going to be equal split, equal partnership. Over time, you're going to be doing more um, and you're not going to be saving as much. What you'll see is she'll just see extra money in her reserves that she would actually be using for her full rent. Now she's trying to pine for a relationship, and then she will have uh uh less, less obligations, less expenses. But she'll start spending those expenses pretty quick. All right. This is not a love, this is not a romance. She's using you as a tool. And she'll start buying uh shit on Amazon left and right. All right. She's going to start buying shoes and heels with that extra money. Guys, she's going to eat that money up. She's going to be back broke. She's going to pay off her credit cards while you're paying half of her mortgage. And then eventually she's going to start leveraging, you know, credit cards again. All right. So be careful with this one. This is a dumb move. All right. Do not fall for that trap, gentlemen. She's going to see extra money in the bank. She's going to spend it. The reason why we know this is this is because she's already in this situation now. This is why she's trying to move in on your ass. She's already done this. So she's going to bait and switch your ass and watch out. Watch out. And then she's going to pull the carpet from up under your rug. She's going to be short on rent. This is the next move. She's going to be short on rent. And then she's going to say, then you're going to say, hey, where's your half of the rent? And then she's going to start saying, well, you know, I mean, you know, aren't you a real man? I'm giving you sex and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all of this stuff, right? She's going to feel like she doesn't have to pay her in. Well, uh, my, my girlfriend's talked and she said they don't pay any rent on their houses. You know, their bins cover all the bills. I feel like I should be able to elite. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to Crypto Keeper. Coach Kareem, the creator of a Staker app, was on Fresh and Fit last night, and he plugged Postchain, and he said he he is uh, getting Myron in Post Chain is the future money tree. Oh, getting Myron in Post Chain is, is the future money tree. I don't know anything about it enough to advise it. So uh, let me do my homework on that, bro. All right, let me do my mo- homework. Greg T. Man says, Coach, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. You're right about here. Mm-hmm. I know about Jacksonville. Actually, I've never been to Jacksonville. I've been to everywhere in Florida but Jacksonville. It just sounds like a good place to this. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in Jacksonville. All right, Juan Primaris, 3K a month won't cut it. And my side hustle alone uh, does 8K a month. <laughs> Well, I was one of these guys like, you're like me, like, but again, if you're under, let's just say you're under 25, I think that's good. But I think, man, once you start getting over 25, that going to be tight. I would have to do my budget and be like, shit. But let's just say you never got student loan debt. You never had a girlfriend, a wife. Um, You know, people want to know. The one guy wanted to know he has, his expenses are at 1.5K. You know, by the time he brings home his money. So uh, some guys are going, I don't see it. I would love to have this discussion. Like, whoa, what? How, how y'all making that happen? We'd have to know where you live. But even then, I think that's actually. I think age might have something to do with it. Somebody said you guys are ballers. Um, 8K a month is could be seen as balling. Uh, but but it could be seen as an average salary in your area too, right? An average salary. 8K could be average where you live. And it's all relative because I think 8K could be 5K somewhere else. Like if you live in a major city, 8K sounds good, but um, it would be equivalent to 5K somewhere else, right? Last one, man, and we got to get out of here. Rodrigo de Silva, I see what you mean, coach. Even my own parents try every now and then to make their problems mine. And make me spend money on (laughs) useless-ish. Shout out to you. You're in Brazil. Sorry for the voice crack. You said something more. And he said, useless-ish, it's tough. So family is a major, major trap. I want to warn you up front. Your family's going to financially trap you. If you have sisters, they're going to be tight on their funds at some particular point. They could come to you as a resource. Be prepared. Your mother and father's. We know baby boomers and Gen X didn't do well for their finances. Many of them lost their homes in 2008. Many of them have student loan debt still today. They're 55, 60, 70 years old. They still got student loan debt. They went to the University of Phoenix like crazy, thought they were going to get a raise in their HR job, and they went and got a $60,000 degree. Okay? Many of them are idiots financially. And I'm just going to let you know, you're going to be the fall guy. More than likely, if you, if you, um, if you so much as show any sort of income prowess, yeah, they refinance their home six times. I know people that, like I told you, they got million dollar homes, but they're refinanced it six damn times. Okay, adjustable rate mortgages, interest only. They lost their ass in two thousand and eight. Couldn't move. Couldn't budge. I see it all the time. I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm a literally in the business of real estate. So I, you guys can try to trick me with all of your, well, renting's better and all of those arguments. I've seen a lot of dumbasses in my life you know, on the real estate end. Okay. You're not talking to somebody that hasn't seen it. I've seen people, homeowners, dumbasses, right? Handcuff themselves with it. And they still in the same spot, stuck right now. They want to sell and they can I've seen people with equity and want to sell and they couldn't because they needed a little bit more. Why do you need that little bit more? Oh, they got debt. They got stuff to pay off. I see it all the time. So I'm always warning people of it to consider it. It's not a it's not a it's not a. Uh, a I'm not advising you not to do it. But what I'm telling you is people do it all the time and they get damn painting themselves to a corner thinking that it was a better decision for them when they should have rented before they bought but i'm gonna miss out on the peak okay so you missed but you're not you're not stuck at least you're not stuck <laughs> okay you don't want to be stuck that's my whole point cuz there's people stuck right now i know people that i know a couple for real they bought a house in the midwest That house was, they bought it for like $80,000 or something like that. 80 years, couldn't have been more than six figures. They bought this house probably 30 years ago. They're stuck. You know why they're stuck? Because they refinanced it uh, numerous times. They probably paid a $1,000 down payment. They probably had an X amount of payment, interest only, more, whatever some stupid shit was, and they still don't own that home outright. Still. And it's a hundred k. We're like, what? Mm. I'm telling you, I've seen dumbasses before, so don't. Do, I, you know, I'm always just warning you of the dumbass position. And a lot of ham and eggers will do stuff like that. And you're like, you could have paid that off twenty years ago. Guess what? Nope, mm. they didn't because they're dumb. They, I mean, they're most people ham and eggers NPCs. Mouth breathers, knuckle draggers, they're dumb financially. And they will always fall for the trap of all you have to do is. So be careful. Be careful, man. I swear. I'm just telling you stories just to let you know. I'm not telling you not to do something or to do something. I'm telling you to watch out. And refinancing is very popular. Again, when you own a home, you're going to get bombarded by people telling you to refi refi I, I was in mortgage business. That's what they do. Cold call, they do the uh robo calls on you. When you own a home, you better turn your phone off. I'm letting you know for you homeowners and you homeowners know your mailbox is going to be bombarded. Real estate agents, mortgage brokers, sat, uh satellite people, uh landscapers, home uh uh maids. Uh, what do you call it? Doug? What, what's the other thing? Everybody's gonna blow your phone up nonstop robo calling your ass. Uh, solar panel people, roofers, subcontractors, all day selling your ass. Home Depot, Best Buy, bugging the shit out of you. So be ready. Uh, dog on dog mobile. Dog owners, people that have car wash, pavers. They're going to blow your phone up, newspapers. So be ready for that when you own a home. And what typically happens is people buy just a little bit too much home in which they then are overextended, and they got to do what? Come back and refi. Once you do that once, if you don't do the refi properly, you're screwed. You're going to be stuck in that home for good. You ain't going nowhere. Now that is what I don't want. That does not, that's not freedom to me. I don't want to be stuck because I got just a little too much and I leverage and I was just trying to beat the clock. I'm gonna beat it before the interest rates come in. And then you over-leverage yourself. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. It's very common. Just look it up online. It's very common. Not very many people really got nothing out of their house. They they barely broke even. Even when even if the housing prices got up to $300,000 more equity, they barely broke even. Okay, so don't get it twisted. It's not just a flat out, oh, it's $300,000 worth more. Nope, you still probably broke even. And then if you bought a condo or a townhouse, <laughs> you broke even, for you need, barely broke even. Anyway, shout out to the coach game. We back in the building, man. Look, thanks for sticking around so long and listening to all of this stuff. Blue Chip Mindset in the house. Let's hit you off with a uh, commercial. We out of here, brothers. <laughs>